Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Wednesday night, and we're here once again to ask the question, Hey, did you see this one? transition hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to hey did you see this one it's kaylin he's the host this week kaylin take it away oh well thank you this week as we continue our month of crazies we are taking a look at m night Shyamalan's split um maybe i should say off the top spoilers maybe ahead yeah, I think with if we're doing an M. Night Shyamalan movie, the very way that we do our uh, rundowns, it, we're just going to talk about everything. So if you haven't yeah. seen this movie, please stay around and get spoiled uh, from this podcast and, and then don't watch the movie because you're spoiled by it and give us the, the likes and the views instead. Or you can watch <laughs> it. Yeah, pause <laughs> You could still watch it. Um, but, uh, but yes. Also, it's then... been uh, for six years so you know you've had plenty of time what's wrong with you well jason only just saw it last year didn't you well we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to that but uh but yeah so uh i'm just gonna say it now potential spoilers ahead and if you haven't seen it i recommend pausing this and watching it because it's an amazing movie as we are going to get into uh also off the top i have to say i have to i have to sing james mcavoy's praise give him give him give him the emmys Give them, give them a Grammy. No, give them a Tony. Nope. Give nope. them, give Literally, them all of the awards. One of those things are what you would get for a movie. I know, I know. Um, an egot. He, give him he, an egot for this, even though he doesn't sing, or uh, do a live stage play, or um, do a television I'm program. Sure, I'm sure he's done a live stage play before. Oh, I'm sure he has. But for this particular movie, don't give him. Yeah, for this split on Broadway is what it was called. (laughs) My name is Jade. I need some insulin. Am I? My name's Jacob Split, and you're never gonna believe what happened to me. I kept calling him Splits. I kept calling him John Split in my notes until I, uh, (laughs) I just or just Split in my notes until I learned any of his actual names. I would recommend if you're watching this movie not to put subtitles on because anytime he's speaking, it tells you which voice is speaking so you don't, oh. you lose a little bit of the mystery because you're like oh it's dennis <laughs> oh it's uh patricia interesting that's actually a really that's good fair. point I, I didn't have subtitles on and i like the little like when he changes it just it's just a little look and then he changes i have anyway. issues with understanding what people are saying sometimes so i usually will have subtitles on all same. the time same oh yeah sorry kaylin you stuff your stories in a sack it's all part of the fun here on hey did you see this one but yes, this week we are looking at splits, and I guess we'll start with our introductions. Um, I think I was a naughty boy, and I, th- if I recall correctly, um, I downloaded this movie when it came out to watch it, and immediately after bought it, I was immediately for lack of a better word, in love with this movie for various reasons, which we'll get into. But I saw this movie roughly six years ago when it came out. Or actually, I guess maybe five years, because I would have... I think I I didn't see it in theaters. I would have seen it like when it was starting to come out on DVD. And um, and I was instantly enthralled. Uh, Steven, why don't you tell us about your first time seeing this movie? 
Oh, me? Um, I saw this movie in theaters. I have always liked M. Night Shyamalan. I don't think that I'm as hard on him as most people are for some of his stinkers, as you would call them. Um, <laughs> but I also didn't like immediately throw him under the bus as soon as like he made a couple of bad movies in a row. You know, The Happening and The Last Airbender, not very great. Some people like The Happening, though. I'm not really huge into it. I think it's a little too weird for me. But The Last Airbender was kind of just a big pile of crap. I didn't, you know, I didn't hate oh. it, but I didn't like it. But I also was not like a big Last Airbender person. So I was just kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool that they throw rocks at each other with magic or whatever. <laughs> um, I eventually got into the show and the subsequent show that came after it, Cora. Uh, so I'm familiar with it now. But anyway, I saw Split in theaters, and as we've said, spoiler alert, I was very, very excited at the end of the movie because I had no clue, and I was able to avoid the spoilers, and it made all of the problems I had with the movie go away. <laughs> I was nice. like, oh, this is great. Because like, if you're watching it as a movie that is like seemingly supposed up? to take... If you're watching this movie as if it's supposed to take place in our reality, hmm. then the things that they deal with, the subject matter that they deal with in the movie can be pretty offensive and kind of shitty. And when it's all of a sudden revealed to you that, oh, no, no, it's a superhero world. You're like, oh, the fact that it's corny is part of it. I get it now. That doesn't excuse everything, but there are a few things that uh, I was able to go, oh, okay, this is fine then. It's just a science fiction movie. Um, but yeah, I saw it in theaters and I enjoyed it the first time. Jason. Nice. I watched it today. <laughs> I uh, so what I will say, um, I watched it today. I it, it it didn't really. I knew. I remember when it came out, and I remember being like, "You haven't seen it before today?" No, I hadn't seen it before today. And I remember when it came out, being like, "Oh man, that looks awesome!" Like I, it's 2016. Like I, I'm not like. I'm desensitized enough. I probably could have watched it back then. It's not a very scary movie, really. It's just like tense. Um, but the the thing is, is I'm I didn't know when it first came out that it's in the it's in the Unbreakable universe. Spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> that that was sort of the big that's sort of the big reveal. Um, we'll talk about that. That is length. the biggest reveal. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that, but there's one line in the movie where uh, she even before she straight up they straight up mention glass, where the it's the uh, Doctor Fletcher's at her friend's house and the woman says something about like I've got it in my notes and I'll bring it up again when I say it properly. Um, <laughs> it, it's something about like you know somebody can be can just shatter at at at, at a whim or whatever, and. Uh, that made me go, oh, fuck. There were people that got right by that line and didn't realize that was a little bit of, like, super subtle uh, foreshadowing. Because when this movie came out, as, as far as I remember, like, people were like, this is just the new James McAvoy vehicle. He's playing, like, a whole bunch of different roles. It's, oh, it's that's interesting. It's M. Night Shyamalan. It's going to have, like, a crazy twist well, or something. Well, they didn't even really marquee M. Night Shyamalan. Exactly. They didn't, like, they used to, like, sell it on his name, but they didn't They didn't bury his name, but they didn't, like, put his name all over the posters in giant letters. I like believe the movie to. before this was The Happening. Uh, so. If, well, no. He made The Visit before this. The Visit was before. Anyway, I know that he was having uh, kind of some critical fails. Uh, he was in family mode. Yeah. Okay. 
But anyway, anyway. <laughs> well, he okay, so he was he was basically going well, just, through I'll just the say that's that's my history with the movie. Boom. Okay. I watched Well, it so just to respond cuz I I would like to present information that is real information. <laughs> uh he wasn't just in family mode. He was at one point the top of the top of the town, you know? He was he was making giant blockbuster movies. He always touted himself as like a B-movie director. He's like, I love, love B-movies and I want to make B-movies. But he was making B-movies at the level of a multi-million or like hundreds of million dollars with like the top stars in his movies, right? Like Signs is not a B-movie. It's like an intricate examination of Catholicism and like your loss of God versus, you know, aliens and all that kind of stuff. But then those movies started to not bank as much. And then his name almost became like a joke. You know, like he just relies on twists. All of his movies are just twists. Mm -hmm. And then he started to like remove his name completely from titles because people were scared. And then Blumhouse uh, basically said, like, listen, you want to make B movies? Let's make them at B movie level and we'll make them at B movie -movie budgets and we'll find people that are interested in the projects rather than like having the entire studio system behind us. So now he's just working with Blumhouse, which is like basically the level of like a24 they're like an a24 but like, kind of yeah a... but they're they're not as like you know critically acclaimed because they'll still make a, a, pile, a pile of shit they make, yeah they always make yeah. they make a lot more piles of shit where a24 makes a lot more like crazy like they just take ideas and turn them into a film like they'll buy a script a24 will buy a script no matter what it is if it's a good idea and they'll make it like uh like the i think the truffle pig movie is a24 that weird goat one there's that uh that movie about the the people that go to make a porno and then the old people are fucking trying to murder them yeah I'll, in some cases it's also sort of like a fox, fox searchlight thing where they, yeah. they find yeah. movies that are already being made and then they'll like pump some extra money into it to get them fully released like released wider so like men for example i watched recently that's an a24 movie uh Hereditary very good movie very weird movie are both a24 movies yeah there's ton- tons of movies that are extremely critically acclaimed but you know a24 also makes some stinkers every once in a while as well we can't uh do we know if that goat like movie is good or gold. bad i remember i remember we did the trailer and I, you you specifically were like that looks interesting did you ever end up watching the goat it? goat movie which goat it's movie about a family about? that has like has this goat I can't really remember the plot, but the goat. I don't remember mis- that. The goat's mystical. Was it when we were doing the horror movie? Yeah. Okay. The new horror I movies. I watched a bunch of the horror movies on that during or of that like Men was on there. I know that. Yeah, there was that, I remember that, that. Uh, gnome movie. I watched the gnome movie and I watched the was one. Was Prey on that one? Prey was on there. I watched Prey. Prey. Um, and then there was there was like that other one with uh, what's her name? Fuck, what's her name? Regina, no, uh, the the yeah. woman who was in like the scary movies Reg- back in the day. Regina King. Yeah, okay, Regina King. Sorry, the, played... just just sorry to cut you off, but the uh, the movie's called Lamb. My bad, and it's about a childless couple <laughs> oh, discovering yeah. a strange and unnatural newborn. In I did not watch burn. that. They decide to raise it as their own, but sinister forces are determined to return the creature to the wilderness that birthed her. So they, it becomes a little lamb person. <laughs> mm. There was that other one where like the daughter becomes like a bird or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. So what I was the point I was trying to make is that M Night Shyamalan like became sort of a a joke for a while, and it was unfortunate because like he was never a bad filmmaker. He just 
didn't make stuff that people were into at the time. I remember and, too and... with with M Night Shyamalan, he did like an appearance. Uh, he did like a thing on Entourage where he was like made a made himself like kind of a joke, and I remember that being like a thing for a minute. I never watched Entourage. I watched Entourage, and he was on it. And he he they were trying to buy a script, and they were like, "Yo, he's fallen off," and he was acting all like he like needed like the main character to be in his movie and stuff. It's pretty funny, right? It doesn't. This show wouldn't work now, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I knew some people that were into Entourage, and I tried watching a couple episodes, and I was like, "This show is not for me." No, you would hate it. You would hate every minute of it <laughs> then, and you would hate it especially now because that, like I said, that show there's a lot of gross stuff in that show. Um, Speaking of split, <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to say that the visit. If you guys haven't seen the visit. Um, his name was almost entirely removed from that um, to the point that when I watched it, I didn't even realize it was M. Night Shyamalan until I started watching it and the credits started and I was like, oh, okay, interesting. And also sort of like this, he takes a uh, a tidbit or a, a a psychological illness that is named in reality and then he mm. goes to town on it to a point that it's yeah. potentially problematic. But, yeah. but uh, it's... It's about sundowning, which is like a type of um, disease that elderly people get where when the sun goes down, they almost get like a, a sense of dementia where they're, they're like more confused after the sun goes down. And it's also like a, a point in people's lives where they start to deteriorate. Uh, but like it is a good D thing. I don't fucking know if it's a vitamin D thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> but the, that reminds when I worked for the CNIB, like the Canadian Institute for the Blind, um, there is a thing where at twilight people have certain problems with their eyes where they just can't see while the sun's going down. I know this is a different thing because this is dementia. But... Yeah, and also like the way he takes it in the movie is like like this. It's a science fiction version of they it. They turn right? into super villains. Yeah, yeah, it's like they go, they turn into like monsters, basically. Um, so, uh, anyway, it's a good wrong, movie. You should check it out. I'll tell you how wrong I was about the happening thing. Not only was um, this not his next movie after uh, the happening, it seems like it's a steady downfall to Split. It goes Devil, sorry, it goes The Happening, then The Last Airbender, which was the worst movie ever. I was a huge fan of The Last Airbender. Maybe was, kids liked it. They fu No, it's bad. Like, it's not even, it skews for more like you grew up with the show and you're finally getting a live action movie. And it's just awful. They, they skip over so much stuff anyway. Jason says is a full grown man talking about it. Well, I watched <laughs> when it. When it came my... out, he was a full grown man. Hey, I, I was like, 2010, that was, you know. 12 years ago i was I'm like okay fair enough um i did <laughs> watch man, yeah. then devil which i did watch and i didn't care for he didn't direct devil though well he produced it and then at, he produced after earth after that which is fucking awful i didn't mind after earth i don't know why maybe, everyone yeah. hates it it's I like don't know, will smith kind of blows. And jaden smith just you know going to a planet and being father and son and crying uh, and then, <laughs> and then the there's visit. a few lines though. There's a few lines like his his thing on fear is like we're like uh, anyway. Go ahead. Uh, and then the visit, but then it seems like he starts to take an upswing again because after that's he was the executive producer for Wayward Pines, which I didn't know, which is pretty people like that show. And then Split, and then Glass, and then Old. And I've heard I haven't seen Old, but I hear Old's pretty good. It's worth a watch. Uh, the visit's good. Split's good. Glass is okay. 
half glass oh, full, I'd say. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, he. I think he got to a point now where he's like, I'm just gonna make things that I want to make for the budget that I can make it, and not have to worry about it. Um, and it's better. Like the proof is is on the screen, right? It's like if he's not having to work with you know, Hollywood heavy hitters with, uh, you know, the, the pressure of having to make back a $400 million budget. Uh, I think he'll probably be uh, in a better place to make something creatively. Um, old, I liked. A lot of people hated old, but I thought it was pretty fun. Has a lot of, like, weird shit in it. And uh, I think, think it's based on a comic book. Do you think he'll get back to a place where they throw big money at him? Or do you think I'm not sure? I don't think that of... he wants to get to that yeah. place is what is what it is i think he's like i am comfortable here and i was there once and i have proven to myself that i can't really or i don't want to have that kind of pressure it's like it's more fun to be able to make something you're passionate about than have to like force out a turd and also have the pressure of like hundreds of millions of dollars in return that is th- never going to come sort of thing i think an m night Shyamalan anthology show would be cool where he just and all of the fucking ideas he's never been able to make but yeah. i'll have a well that's what devil was supposed to be oh, i was supposed to be like a series the, of anthologies if you watch devil it at the very beginning it has like the number one oh. and it's because it's supposed to be the first one in his like anthology series where he was going to make i think he was going to make 10 movies or something like that or seven i remember there was like a, a specific number but uh yeah devil did so poorly that uh, that never ended up happening pretty ballsy though to be like here's the first one see the number one and everyone's like what does that mean and do you know what no else it was ballsy to do call it the first one number four so oh was it did it say four not one no no no. I, i'm saying oh like, you're talking about star wars star, it's another really ballsy thing because what if they what if yeah. there what if it failed because it, like the world wasn't ready for like this kind of a movie right and it failed Ace Opera. and then there's well, just i don't mean i don't want to i don't want to steamroll what your point is but it wasn't called a, episode four until the home release they did not in the theaters in 1977 have episode four on the screen it was just called star wars it wasn't okay. even called a new hope yet so so by the home release they were sure they were going to make another movie then is what you're saying they had already because star wars had made more money than any other movie had ever made they were like, yeah, we're going to make as many of these as we can. And he's like, well, well I have two more. I have two more. We're going to make good ones. We're going to make bad ones. Yeah. We're going to make TV. Like, it wasn't even called Star Wars A New Hope. It was just called Star Wars at that we're point. Gonna make, and then... We're going to make a Christmas special. And everybody will love it. It'll be three hours gonna... long. And Wookiees will have parents that go into a weird jerk-off VR realm. That's All my right. takeaway. How, how do I respectfully <laughs> get us back on track? Stay back on track and I'll stop talking. But until then, I'm going to talk about the Wookiee VR masturbation device. So we all know gotta, about Lumpy's jerk-off machine. I got to say a few things here. Uh, just from the opening alone. Uh, now, I was watching it. Uh, I had the physical copy. I was watching some of the extras and stuff. And um, we open with her sitting by herself. There's some friends in the background having a party. She's like a loner or whatever. Um, there was supposed to be a few there. That scene was extended where someone bumps into her. It's like, Oh, I did like two times. It happened. Uh, two, like two different people bump into her. It's like, Oh, I didn't see you. We, uh, the girl who's having the party is nice enough to invite the, uh, less than popular girl from school to the party. 
uh, you know, for at the very least, you know, morals and not wanting to hurt her feelings anymore than however she already feels. We, but so the scenes that got cut is, is kind of like she's invisible. We go to when uh, the dad's like, no, we're not leaving her, you know, come with us, you know, listen to my dad's shitty jokes. Ha ha ha. They go to the car. The two friends are in the back. Uh, Casey. Oh, also Casey Cook. Uh, another little nod to comic books. Um, uh, Stan Lee, more specifically, where he had his characters first and last names alliteration. Peter Parker, Bruce yeah. Banner, so on and so forth. So Casey Cook, right, follows that that theme. But um, so they're in the car. We have uh, Kevin slash Dennis. Well, pro- it's Dennis at this point. Uh, comes in. First thing he does is cleans the car, right? He's cleaning the car. He's like, oh, that's weird. She notices this, though, right? He's cleaning the car. He doesn't even notice her, which kind of adds to her just kind of like being invisible, so to speak. And then um, shortly thereafter, when he brings them back to his um, residence, uh, when she tells, uh, uh, what's her name? Marsha to pee on herself he knew or she knew he was a clean freak from from that from that it's one of those show don't tell things right yeah i i figured that so at that point in the movie i'm i'm still confused about some some elements but i know that some shit's gone down with casey and she somehow has gleaned that the this dude is a neat freak but at this yeah he's not just cleaning the car he's he's using a handkerchief that he's brought with him to touch garbage that's in the car so that he doesn't have to touch it with his hands oh no yeah you're right that and that is enough because he's like he t- he's like tidying up the car and he pulls and he looks disgusted with yes. it. he's like okay. this is fucking gross like he thinks right. it's like a, a tissue or whatever right yeah it's and then you know the the peeing thing is like she also has experience with this uh, how know. to get we people really to stop i have a confession but this is make. the first hint that she does is that she knows exactly what to do in a situation where somebody is maybe going to sexually assault you i have a confession yeah. i didn't figure out that it was her having flashbacks till like the fourth one when fine oh, it, oh. it, it went like from the flashback to her and yeah. before that it kind of just shows history and i i don't know if it just well they say her name a bunch of times during the <laughs> flashbacks so oh did they i was just I yeah. was more paying attention to the cinematography because it's the cinematography also hats off to that little girl so fucking good yeah no, that she little was girl great. was awesome she's great she, the which when she does the little because he's got buck fever uh like that again like uh it's just such great delivery also the tent the intensity of the to the shotgun like she's just like she should have pulled the trigger there's a lot there's a lot yeah. more to that story too which i just we'll get to it no but i mean like outside of the actual <laughs> movie they never really explained the heart attack they never i, I right. presume that the uncle were they actually uncles or were they yeah, that was her. That, I assume so I think, because I, he gets custody of her when he dies. Okay, yeah. I thought they were a couple at the very beginning. Like, <laughs> what? Where, well, where are you getting this info? Jason, I thought <laughs> did you, you watch this movie or what? No, the reason why is because they were super close to each it's other, not. and they didn't they didn't say uncle till later. So I just assumed that they this was they were they were together, and this was their daughter. They That's, say uncle at that dinner scene where he's talking about the buck. He says your uncle had buck fever like that it's yeah they say uncle like it's i don't know maybe you were just 
I don't know, I'm not fully absorbing it because like it, it's all made pretty clear. It was, also, all, okay, first it was the first time yeah. I watched the movie. There's a lot of th- this movie catches you off guard a lot. So I'm gonna say that I was paying attention fully to this movie. It was one of those situations where I was st- stopping to watch it and watching it. But I missed little things, and that's why we have this. So if I have a question, that's why I said it was a confession. I, we got you. That, but you know that en- the energy between the two men, until it was explicit in my head that it was her uncle. Even after that, I was still like because of the way that they were acting close to each other. Gotcha. They could have been romantically involved. I just figured they were just using uncle close. as a as a filler. Yeah, as like a that's your that's your uncle. We're not going to tell you about all the gay sex that we do to each other. Mm. That would have made the movie even more problematic to me. Why? (laughs) Because then it would be demonizing gay people. Oh yeah, okay, okay, okay. Subtext (laughs) matters. Subtext matters. Okay, my my bad. Um, that I wouldn't have taken it that way. It would have would have gone over my head because that's that's not but you know when you're making a movie every scene is a statement so right yeah you know what i mean so i understand that steve the but and then but those flashbacks kind of tie in with um her being prepared like so like she learns how to hunt and stuff from her dad like she's not um treated like a little like a stereotypical you know girl or whatever kind of thing right um and so she's more better prepared to deal with the kind of situation like she doesn't know what to do yet but she knows everything that they're saying is wrong or won't work right like she's she's like yeah she knows, because she's she been know going through since she was a child she was being mm-hmm. abused by somebody who's been controlling her entire life because her father we don't know died. that part yet but yes exactly yeah but that guy that fucking we guy. get a pretty good idea that she has some sort of trauma that has prepared her for yeah. situations like this that yeah. fucking and, guy that is her uncle is always this always the worst in everything he's the guy in the office who paints on literally that actor you mean yeah that actor he paints on pam's mural in the office and in uh orange is the new black he's for like a couple seasons he's like the really so they have this like group of uh hardcore like closer to soldier police come in because the place is getting a little bit unruly and he's just assaulting people and and punching women and like being the worst he's also been in lots of things where he's a gentle giant i've never seen him as a gentle giant okay well he's (laughs) in other stuff as a gentle giant he's very memorable as a scumbag because he's very intimidating and scary but he's been in lots of things as a good guy as well and he plays the complete opposite where he's a big imposing figure but he's like a teddy bear man or whatever um but yeah, he he is a dick in a few things for sure, including this movie and this movie and yeah. Orange Is the New Black. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I I don't know his name, but uh, I do gonna, recognize him as I'm gonna as a guy from other stuff. Um. So yeah, we're we're they get kidnapped. It's pretty sudden, abrupt, but the scene is very well shot. Um, I do oh, like that that shot with 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 her on one bed and the two on the other and i think it's just like a like a a, a beam in the wall but it looks like it's divide like the way it, the it's on the screen it looks like it's dividing them like they're you know they're separate they're two different kind of groups yeah that's also kind of comic book panel-y yeah makes them look like they're in two different rooms almost but they're in the same room um 
just another hint that this is a comic book movie. It's it throughout the whole thing. There's hints. There's also another huge one. Um, they they mention the train in this movie that Bruce Willis crashed in. Yeah. <laughs> in the movie, they mention that uh, Kevin's father died in a train crash, and you find out later that it was the same train that Bruce Willis was in when he crashed in Unbreaker. He was the only person that survived yeah. and everybody's yeah, exactly. looking at him like that scene when he's coming out of the hospital and everybody's like one person survived what the fuck yeah the actor's and they name... speculate the that scene from unbreakable when he's at work and he walks by a mother and her child and the mother's yelling at the kid uh there's speculation that that's uh kevin and his mom oh okay all right. Well, that's called backwards writing. <laughs> There's no fucking yeah. way M. Night Shyamalan was like, this is going to be a character one day in another movie that I'm going to make 16 years from now. No, yeah, probably. You're probably you're, you're most likely right. Yeah, That's like people saying that the kid in Iron Man 2 is fucking Tom Holland or whatever. And we're all like, yeah, all right, whatever. Suck my butt. That's the, not The actor's at name all is uh, Brad William Henke. And I think he's on. He's in Lost too, as I think also a dickhead. <laughs> so, so uh, Mr. Hanky, Mr. Hanky. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, whatever. He's a giant guy. It's like, what else is he gonna play other than giant, intimidating monster men? He played uh, John on ER. Sorry, that's just funny to me. He played monster in monsters. Hmm. Monsters. <laughs> uh, he played monster and he was the titular monster in monsters uh yeah and then you know we get she pees on herself the dude doesn't want to deal with her after that because he's grossed out because he is scared by germs i suppose did you find did you guys find that james mcavoy like i even remember this when the movie came out and seeing trailers and stuff i uh he didn't look like james mcavoy to me like, he transforms every person or every like character personality that he plays in this. He transforms into that role. He look he he does he makes a different look and and, and cadence and voice mannerisms. Every character is a different character, and he completely disappears into them. And I wanted to say too, like it's not like I just have never seen him bald before because he's in four x-men movies x-men yeah you know what i mean so i've seen him bald uh i yeah. just mean specifically i don't know how he... he put on a lot of muscle mass for this movie like okay a, that could a huge that... amount of muscle he's no yeah, his yeah. neck is like the size of the width is... of his head yeah he's yeah. i think he's up. doing something though i think he's like i think he's yeah like... he probably did like a shitload of push-ups and chin-ups before each take to like make himself look more jacked for each thing i, I think he's also hold like like holding his like he's he's contorting his body a certain way to when he's when he's dennis he is for sure he's flexing his entire upper body when he's dennis when he's um patricia he's doing the same thing and then when when he's barry he's more relaxed his head is uh leaned forward which makes your neck look more lithe yeah he just has completely different body language for each character that he's playing and it makes him feel different also his like kaylin was saying his facial expressions there's one like towards the beginning there's one scene where he's just he's dennis and then he goes like this and then he's patricia and i rewound i couldn't figure it it messed with my head i couldn't it just it's so good the way that he just is able to transform just his eyebrows just kind of go up and his face just kind of goes sullen from like from very like pointed to like back and then you know and then like like uh 
uh, proper when he goes into Pat- Patricia mode. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, it's haunting. It's haunting. And then when he's Hedwig, it's another like whole thing. The first time we meet Hedwig too, he, he's like, he's crouched down and walking. Like he's like small later. They kind of drop yeah. that. But, but I, I was like, Oh, he's like supposed to be the height of a nine year old. I was curious about that too. I was wondering if that's what they were trying to do with that or not. Maybe just for the, the shock of him suddenly playing a nine year old. Um, that I think, but he didn't do it in a goofy way. Like, you know how, like in some movies or whatever, if someone's being childish, they do it in a goofy way or whatever. Whereas, I mean, that's debatable. I'm not saying that say. like it's some <laughs> comic goofy. relief, right? The, the etc. He has a like comical oh my God, speech yeah. impediment. Oh, my favorite! I, I knew it would be. I, I knew as soon as I heard him say etc. I was like, yeah, Kalen's gonna latch onto that hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when he's uh, when he's Dennis, there's like when you first meet Dennis, he's like, hey. like he does the Buffalo Bill voice a little bit. I was gonna say, he kind of sound like Buffalo Bill, yeah. But, but all of his characters start in, in a certain way, and I think they all uh, they all sort of come to a little bit more digestible middle. But also, I'm theory crafting through this whole movie. As soon as Doctor Fletcher starts talking about how um, sometimes two people can have the light. You know, no. I'm like, are, are, is he two people right now? Is he literally two people? And I, I know that you're saying you're watching with subtitles, but even the subtitle, like the way the person who wrote, wrote the subtitles for the movie, like, are they guessing? Is there direction to write that out? Is that still a subtext that you just kind of take in as you're watching the movie? I was having a lot of fun mentally. Maybe that's why I missed all the very obvious stuff. Cause I was just watching my own version of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh the actually so with with barry um we don't actually see barry until the end when we see his video file or vlog or whatever um every other time it's dennis trying to be barry that's a and good yeah that's a good point I, and that's, it's actually noticeably different actually, when you when you actually look at it yeah that's part of my point I think that um, I I think that in a way it's it's so much more than Dennis trying to be Barry, it's Dennis <clears throat> harnessing Barry because he's. It, this is a really complicated like thing because it's the same person. So this is right. all the this is all the stuff I'm thinking about, and and as soon as she's like, I noticed that you you know you, you move that bowl two times, so I know your OCD is there. I know that you're being, yeah. but the thing is, is like he's still keeping Barry. But they keep doing like these slow like close-ups of his face, and he's like breaking. But I think that's uh, okay. I think that's dramatic irony for the audience. I don't think she's seeing his like like I'm gonna explode with Dennis. I think yeah. what she would be seeing was him just like just, just like trying to just be Barry still. But I think that it, that's two people trying to like have the light at the same time. So those were just those were just little things that I was thinking about. Because yeah, so like because. Sometimes the other personalities um, uh, get the light. They send an email to uh, Dr. Fletcher saying, you know, urgent, we need help. And uh, and then, so like you said, so De- Dennis comes over, pretending to be Barry, or, or maybe they're both fighting for it or whatever. And But Dennis's uh, OCD still spills out as he fixes, like, the book, the books or the candy jar and that sort of thing. And she can, she, like, she's got, like, a little, like, she's very in tune to 
the different uh, mannerisms, like with the different character, different personalities, and she knows something's off. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that the woman who plays Doctor Fletcher is amazing. I also feel like she may ha- may have some sort of um, split personality thing because she does a lot of like little facial expressions but she she's like og so she'd have complete control of like the the person who's has the light so to speak in a more traditional non-superpower way in a more like right. clinical mul- like multiple personality i i i t or i t t or whatever it's called um uh, d-i-d I'd, yeah and uh that's that i know that's another me having a theory corner me like yeah i don't know about that one thing <laughs> But like, I don't if know. she had disassociative identity disorder, why would she not reveal that as somebody who is the foremost expert on it to the people that she's trying to convince that it exists? Why would she right. keep it a secret? I don't know. One of those show don't tell situations. She just has a lot of moments where she's. It might. It might literally just be that she's trying to like keep him in control. I feel like she's being strategic. Her. But yeah. yeah, keep keep him in control without her breaking. Because there's a couple of moments where she like wipes tears away. Because then that's what I was thinking. Like, is she is she going through it? Which way is she going through it? That was just those are some thoughts that I had. Well, she had never met Dennis before, right? And she's yeah. realizing that Dennis is like basically buried Barry within the dark and she hasn't seen Barry in a long time. She's now trying to, she's now realizing that, Oh my God, I haven't spoken to Barry in how long. I don't even know because I've only just started to notice that he's doing these ticks that come along with the OCD. She also knows, knows about Dennis's proclivity for uh, young ladies. Yeah. She knows all about Dennis because with a monster from all the other personalities she, she has met. She has never met Dennis, but she knows all about him because the other personalities have basically told her everything. Yeah. And so for her to be faced with him, it's not necessarily that she's like, you know, scared or upset that she's meeting him. It's it's more that she's like worried about the other personalities who are maybe her friends who are like now being buried by Dennis and Patricia because she knows that Dennis and Patricia have both both been exiled and are being denied the light because of their radicalization towards the idea of the beast and bringing the beast forward and she knows all about the beast but she doesn't believe the beast exists but now she's realizing that the two people that do believe in the beast are potentially in control of all of kevin's um like consciousness yeah because then that scares her and that's why she's upset that's what i kind of got out of it the other a few of the other personalities that we saw are very like one-dimensional like jade just has diabetes diabetes <laughs> and i'm that, a girl and i have diabetes, I have diabetes. what the I'm fuck girl <laughs> but she is kind of the hero um in the end and but the uh sort of and uh then there's the guy who just like loves history and he's just spouting orwell. history yeah orwell i thought he would that was an interesting little They're just like the romans in 1492 but to 1500 yeah he just like pops out to barf out history lessons for some reason but the thing with what Jay, a weird the thing with Jade that's interesting is that uh, that's almost proof of um, what Dr. Fletcher's talking about. She she knew of another person who had two personalities. She knew of a blind person who had two personalities that were able to see again because mm. the, uh, I don't know, 
the optic nerves reformed somehow. Uh, And that's when she's like, I think that there's more to this to the point that it could be almost uh, almost uh, extraordinary um, paranormal. Yeah, I feel like they could have just given me one example of that. And I would have been like, oh, interesting for this movie without giving me like 20 more examples yeah. along the way where I'm like, okay, I get it. You don't have to keep fucking telling me that. Okay, I understand. Placebo effect, though, is Why a do very I need this interesting needle? Thing. I placebo myself all the time. That's how I'm able to live, uh, go through life. Have so you ever happily. placeboed yourself into being able to see again after being blind, though? Yeah. No. Have you ever placeboed I... yourself so hard that you, you got a bee allergy? Yeah, or so um, hard that you became a mutant who can get shot with a shotgun and survive no problem. Stabbed yeah. and you know, have impervious skin. I placeboed myself into being happy when I was sad. How about that? Oh, I think that's, you just need therapy. It's like a superpower. I wish I had that power. <laughs> <laughs> also, can we get a shout out to her neighbor? Crazy to the lady person. who is obsessed with foot scrubbers or whatever you and can't doesn't believe anything. You can't use to it. I, what were you? What do you think she was watching? Price is Right or uh, what's that other one with Vanna? Uh, I thought she was watching Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Because the because you wouldn't be able to flick you wouldn't be able to flick the the big wheel in Price is Right with your thumb anyway. You have to give her or it won't spin all the way. But Yo, but people on Price is Right Price have is right? seen them go like that to spin the wheel. Listen, this is this movie doesn't take about. place in our reality, so it's probably some other fucking weird game it's show. The price is that, wheels. The wheel point. is wrong. <laughs> but where God they have a rule I where you can't flick it with right? your thumb for some reason. <laughs> the amount of times I've seen someone almost knock themselves out trying to spin the big wheel or get like scared under it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, actually, so you mentioned uh, you. I thought you were gonna say a different. I thought you were gonna make a different point, but you were talking about some of the 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 little kind of uh, let's call them Easter eggs um, when she's talking to one of her colleagues, and um, he 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 says something along the lines of "You're acting like they're they're supernatural, like they have powers or something, right? Like another little like before you know that this like." I when I first saw this way back when, I didn't know it was in the Unbreakable Universe. No, like when that happened saying. at the end, I was like, so I already liked it, but then when that happened, I was like, oh my god, that's what this I'm. Is amazing. That's what I'm talking about. I, I'm following my notes to try to get to the exact, but the line happens. It's the old the old lady friend who loves the the Price is Wrong. Um, there's also some foreshadowing for. Uh, for Casey um, because the the whole scene like with hunting the buck before we know that she was actually sexually assaulted it's sort of like they're talking about how like um, how women are smarter and men are dumb and men can be easily like manipulated and that's why we're going for the buck instead of the female deer kind of thing and I was like that I was still confused about who these people were (laughs) I'm, Go on. You know what I mean. There's not really much more to it, but it's just there, there's a lot of there's a lot of really good like 
you know it's building yeah there's some good building some good foreshadowing within the movie but within this universe and and what you're saying is that the pair mentioning the paranormal stuff for a split personality because split personalities exist and it is a controversial area of science um because people can easily fake that i think is the problem with it uh when people like you know claim insanity for horrible crimes to get lesser sentence there's no way to like really test it right so and also if this movie wasn't like a superhero movie or a super villain movie for that matter it's a little bit insensitive to like play it like this i found yeah you know what i mean there was a lot of controversy when this movie first came out about using did as a plot device for a movie about a man who kidnaps and eats women yeah (laughs) it's probably not the most sensitive way to you know present the subject but at the same time this not necessarily calling it disassociative identity disorder people have been referring to it as like schizophrenia or split personality forever which is incorrect um and but it's also been a plot device since like fucking middle ages (laughs) like it's it's been around for a while man fight club mr robot um what are some more recent examples Um, the movie identity uh dr jekyll and mr hyde like all of these things Well, in that he's drinking a potion. He's not crazy. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But wasn't wasn't that sort of a um, an allegory for like stopped. alcoholism in that era in like the Victorian era? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's like, like at when I drink, he... I get all handsy. They call me Mister Hands. <laughs> at night, Mister Hyde, because I want to touch that hide. He baby. drinks a potion and then he falls down, and when he gets back up, he's gonna kill you. And also, he Jack the Ripper was was out there, Jack the Ripping. I have blue socks too, um, <laughs> etc. Uh, etc. I but anyway, like I, I have a I have a bigger issue with the the other thing so than I do with the DID stuff. The uh, just I found the line that the old lady says that is a little bit is a little bit on the nose if you know it's in the unbreakable universe. And she goes, you know, we look we look at people who have been shattered oh. as less than. shattered yeah and i was like if i was watching this movie i would have that would go over my head but yeah, uh, since yeah it'd be different if she was like it's almost like you're made of glass <laughs> well the line <laughs> is some sort end. of mr glass or the, something the line at the end is literally like you know that guy who's in the wheelchair and he's uh you know his bones are made of glass and i was like oh and bruce was like i'm yeah mr glass, mr. glass. <laughs> i'm living i'm I, right up to that point i thought um i didn't know how they breach like how they breach that part that subject and i thought the twist somehow was they reveal it to that they're in a zoo and then it's revealed that the horde his group of the um, animals and his group of uh personalities create this horde but the beast is an amalgamation of all the animals gotcha at once and i was like oh is that that, is that the set the m night Shyamalan twist but no, the M. Night Shyamalan twist is literally like Tony Stark. So you didn't know I'm putting twist. together you didn't know an Avengers and... going into this. I didn't know what the I knew that this movie took place in the universe, but I didn't know how 
and I didn't know that oh, that okay. was the twist. I didn't know the twist was yeah, it's literally a real comic booky ending. Like it's like a it's an Avenger. It's, an MC, it's the, the MCU. <laughs> it's the MCU ending. They literally did the we're putting together an an, an Avengers initiative. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the almost the same vibe. It even takes place in yeah. But diner. did you know that they did it in Final Fantasy before that? Look, and I, like, didn't, I haven't brought up third, Final, Fantasy. Final Fantasy. I haven't brought up Final Fantasy in weeks. Okay, but there I is know, a scene but not this, everything is Final Fantasy in MCU. There is a scene in this that is Resident Evil, which is another one I like to talk about. I just ate a hot dog. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, when I first saw that scene, I was like, what? Because I recognized the music from Unbreakable. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, this is, this is, why is it this 90s? This is from something. And I didn't realize. And then when she started being like, they gave him a funny, he crashed that train and killed all those people. What was his name again? He was, had a funny name. He was in a wheelchair. And I was like, no fucking way. And like, she moves and he's like, they class. I'm like, oh my God, Dunn? Dunn is here? David Dunn. Oh. Again, the alliteration. His secret, his secret, his, his kryptonite is water because he can drown. Twist. <laughs> I'm not sure my twist. twist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also. Th- okay. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, that's the other thing is like everybody says he has his twister, it's all about twists. And I'm like, there isn't really a twist in Unbreakable. Like the twist is that Mr. Glass is back. Well, Glass so like, is the one that did it. He's revealed so he's revealed to be. Yeah, but that's it. like a like a mustache twirling villain in like any like that's you know but up that's until a heel that, turn. Up until that he, point, M. Night Shyamalan didn't invent those. Up until that yeah, No, true. I know, but up until that point, he's like pretty He's pretty much the ally, and then he reveals... But he his, was heavy with it. He reveals his big plan. I think the M. Night Shyamalan twist thing comes more from Signs and... Uh, uh, Six Sense. Six, Six Sense. Sense. And those are big ones, that, and The Village, and they kind of ruin the, the movie, village. if you know yeah. them. But then The Happening was like kind of dumb, and people were like, I guess that's a twist, and then it kind of... There's no twist. I remember in I guessed Avatar. that twist as a joke to my. Friend. I was like, "What's the twist? Yeah. Is there a twist?" He's like, "Yeah, there's a twist." I'm like, "What is it?" What and he's like, "It's something really trees. dumb. You'll never get." I'm like, "What? Like the trees are giving <laughs> off a thing that makes everybody kill each other?" And he's like, "That is that's the twist." I was but, like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. I was fucking joking, man. I watched. It. I watched it on a plane, knowing the twist, and I. It, it's a horrible movie. If you all, it's a bad movie, but if you know the twist, it's even stupider. It's even worse. <laughs> Yeah, but that's cool. We're like the we're like they got the protein, sixth, they got a cool shape. The sixth sense. <laughs> you know, if you don't know the I twist, it. it's still a good like it's still an interesting movie. But here's here's um, some a lot of filmmakers can learn a lesson from M. Night Shyamalan. Don't make big twists in your movies and don't become known for it because it's gonna come back to bite you in the dick. Or and vagina. Put or vagina. Or bagussi. <laughs> I don't know what a bagussi is. You guys just keep say ass. It. Everybody has an ass. Just say ass. Well, I'll tell you what I will say. Ass covers all topics. But a, a I want some can clothing be a, be with a newsprint dick, so. on it. I want the newsprint fabric clothing. That shit looks dope. What newsprint mm-hmm. fabric clothing? Berries, berries, oh. sketches of uh, uh, dresses and and. Suits or whatever, uh, skirt suits. Did you notice that, that those... was the reveal? Is like they find Barry's <laughs> dress that he made, and it has all of Mr. Glass's headlines from all his disasters. That'd that'd be awesome. Oh, <laughs> damn, that'd be dope. Just as a little joke, though, that I noticed his uh, his sketches of women when they were showing his like on the wall for the dresses, the sketches they had the same yeah. dimensions as uh, as Dennis Reynolds' uh, women when he was drawing 
address. You remember that? But the massive gazongas. Oh. I thought it was just that's a... because that's De- because Dennis probably drew those. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, oh, that joke landed oh. right on its face. I but I wanted to say it because I found it to be funny in my head, and that's how you get jokes out. Somebody laugh, please clap. I didn't understand the joke. <laughs> <laughs> it went over my head. So in this one episode of "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." They go into this fashion designer. Now, talk about a long name. Oh, okay. So, name. you said Dennis. There's a there's a character in this movie named Dennis. No, I said Dennis and Reynolds. Oh, I though. see the confusion now. I don't know who that is. Oh. I don't know who Dennis Reynolds is. I okay. assume kind that of the alpha this guy male is, of the group. This is like Dennis's name. He's kind of like that. a bro or whatever. Yeah. Kind of like now that I know, bro. now that I know, we're talking about Always Sunny and Philadelphia. I know who Dennis is. In you know the episode though, where it's Fatty Magoo versus the Iron Monster, and that yeah, looking um, sexy over there. Fatty Magoo has a clothing store, and then Dennis is like, "All these dresses are wrong. I can make a better dress than this." And he draws up, he draws up some plans for a dress, and it's just like these uh, massive-breasted women. Oops. I thought you were talking about Dennis in this movie, and then I was like, "Well, Dennis probably drew those." Dennis in this movie would never. He was he was pretending to be Barry, so he had to make some new drawings. He, so also, he drew no, some... I mean, all Barry's drawings. He also doesn't. Like... I know, but that I didn't know that you were talking about a different piece of media when I said that. So now what I said doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's what I was like. Yeah, Dennis did draw them. Mm. <laughs> Hey, what Jeff. a great confusing thing that happened. Yeah, you're welcome. That's what we listeners. like to do here on. Hey, did you see this one? To get us back kind of on track, I just want to say that uh, I forgot that Anna Taylor Joy was in this. I think that. What? She, I, do you mean? I forgot she was in this. I uh, I thought that she was fantastic, and her eyes don't even look that far apart. That that doesn't need to be said. Rude. No, sorry, sorry. That is rude. My point is, my point is, is I thought that she played the uh, like running away from a serial killer, like escaping but still seeming like tough. Uh, she played that well, and I thought that you know, if if in in the Queen's Gambit, if she was going to kiss that guy oh, so good. that she likes, his eyes were too close together. So if they were going to kiss each other, they'd never actually be able to look each other in the yeah. eyes. Hmm. If they had a baby, though, perfect eye spacing. Perfect eye <laughs> See, that Caleb kid would was... have perfect eyes. Caleb thought I was going to make a point so it broke his brain. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. That that made me feel good. <laughs> um, but yes. So we get we get a little bit of we get. We get some cuts between different, different, some flashbacks, some real time. The girls are trying to escape. They eventually, uh, because uh, so uh, Hedwig, um, you know, uh, steal gets the light at one point and is like watching them or whatever. And Casey, being the intuitive person that she is. You know, um, what like kind of wins him over, right? It's like, hey, let me tell you a secret, right? Like, she she does these like these uh, 
uh, mannerisms, uh, actions. Well, she treats him would... like she talks to him like an adult. Uh, which you, if you talk to a kid like an adult, they'll be they'll warm up to you a lot easier than if you were like, "Hi there, big right. guy. How are you yeah. doing?" Kids are always like, "Don't fucking look at me." But if you're like, "Yo, what's up? What's up, my man?" and try to just do like little little things with them, and they'll be a lot yeah. more like. And the, but they'll still they're like little kids. They can't form sentences. He's supposed to be a nine year old. That is, he's got he a might list. be a nine year old with a, some some problems you know um because nine-year-olds should be a little bit less like i like hot dogs and a little bit more you know have a little bit more cognitive ability um this hedwig well see the thing is i think kevin never really got to have much of a childhood so that's his projection of of what he thinks a child should be kind of thing is how i kind of looked at it but he's still him you know what I mean? Like all of these people are still Kevin, but with this um, veil of of a specific persona, uh, you know, mindset or or skill to help him, uh, you know, with you know, you know, living living life basically. Yeah, they all serve a purpose in his life. They're not just yeah. created for no reason. They're all there for a specific reason. Later, it's revealed that Dennis was created in order to always keep things neat and tidy so that he would get less beatings from his mom for making a mess. So everything would be completely right. meticulously in order, which is why he has to straighten the dish when he comes into the therapist's office, which yeah. is his towel. And Patricia, I don't know. She's almost like seems like she could be a facet of his mom, but like uh, like what he wanted his mom but to be. Not like... yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the Patricia seems a little bit more like she loves God, but she's a little. She'll let you have a little bit of candy after dinner. Kind of a kind <laughs> of like a cool mom, but in a Christian home. She also uh, has a temper, though. Remember when she's cutting yeah. that sandwich? Yeah, yeah. And she well, freaks out. Like, OCD stuff going on too. You know, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Kevin himself exhibited OCD tendencies if you subtract all of the personalities. When Kevin comes out, I thought that he was very that he, it was just James McAvoy and it was he was very yeah. normal feeling. Um yeah. and that at that moment I was like weird like he somehow dropped any of the acts we've seen already and is acting quote unquote like a normal person. You know what I yeah. mean? Like and and that's 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 the idea that like he's split off into all these different personalities and then when you reamalgamate them he just is one fully formed person who seems to have a lot of a bit more nuance we only meet him for a minute and he he his kryptonite is literally you know his calling name? calling to him through down through all of the personalities um which i thought was an interesting little thing that's a that was a good little plot moment where with the dr fletcher's last breath she's just like scrawling out his name because we hadn't heard it up until that point and then casey finds it and she she puts it together because casey's very very on the ball she's very like she lives outside of well the therapist also wrote say his name (laughs) say his name and then wrote his name what how did i miss that what you just said it you just said he, she wrote it. He down. didn't notice that it said say say no, his name. No, I thought she just put it, it together oh. because she yeah, no. she figured out. Oh. In my head, she'd figured out that all these personalities are are like you know sort of fighting to be the one in charge. In your defense, it was very poorly written because okay. she was like, 
half knocked out while trying to write it. Did the big but did the big writing say his name or did it, yeah, above yeah. it there was writing no, that said say his name, name all oh, okay. crappily yeah. written and then his name, name was far yeah. more all properly from. written than the say his name part. It was all left hand well not if she's right handed it looked like left handed attempt. Or she had been knocked That's out. Probably how they wrote it. They're like, just write it with your left hand. <laughs> Can we talk about that spray for a second? What the hell was that? Uh, Some sort of chloroform. Uh, what's that stuff? Chloroform. Yeah. Spray. More like chloroform in a spray bottle. That I've never seen anything like that. That's a that's a fucking comic book thing. That's like bat spray. Yeah, it's like Joker gas. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that. It's bat it, spray it, and it, Joker it, gas. I don't know why, but it reminds me of that that uh, 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 Mad Max Fury Road when they have that weird gray silver spray. It's literally like I don't know why, but that's just what like it's not the same. But it just reminds me of it for whatever reason. I'm pretty sure because he's holding it to their face and spraying it into their mouths, just like the (laughs) movie Mad Max. It's because they're doing the same thing. That's why. That's what pricked your memory. (laughs) I'm pretty sure (laughs) Ah, spray can to mouth. Yes, I'm pretty sure these are connected. In Mad Max, they just found a bunch of spray paint. Is it supposed to be a drug or is it literally just like a a war cry? It's chrome spray. Yeah, it's just it's just (laughs) it's chrome spray from fucking Fort night witness mate i'm surprised we don't yell that every time uh we do that when we play that game it's because you <laughs> you're thinking of the health spray the chrome you just throw a tube on the ground and it explodes i think i have yelled witness me when i spray that the green spray the in my face yeah yeah no the funniest is in community when uh um allison breeze character i can't think of her name right now for some reason Annie. is it Annie, yeah. I think she's chasing after Jeff, or maybe she's chasing after someone else, and she tries to spray him with uh, bear mace, but she's running and spraying, and, and then she just runs. runs through it. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good gag. But I digress. To you, though, do you want to talk more about bear spray? Uh, oh, one time I my, uh, <laughs> my buddy's brother had bear spray, and I was at my buddy's place, and I was like, I wonder how bad it is. So no. I sprayed a little bit on the wall in front of me, and I was like, maybe you guessed it the whole room, two. probably. Oh, the whole house! It was, <laughs> it was like we had to open all the windows and doors. We were dying. I felt terrible. I, I per inside, I laughed a little bit because, like, oh, if this was in a movie or something, this is hilarious. But in if real had life, a small dog, the sucks. dog would die. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but in real life, yeah, it's never, it's nowhere near as funny. Uh, as it is in a movie because there's no dramatic irony when you just decide to spray bear spray or when i was a little kid i thought it would be hilarious to make a waterfall uh in the kitchen or in the bathroom and i did it more than once and i went full (laughs) wet bandits and i plugged up the fucking shit i think it's because of the wet bandits with your with your shit no with like toilet paper or whatever and not the toilet the sink and I opened the drawers so the water would like cascade, like cascade, a fucking, like a yeah, waterfall. Yeah, I get it. I get. It. I understand. Yeah, and I, you guys were bad kids. Man. And I would have gotten I was away such a with good it. kid. I would have gotten away with it. Okay, my grandmother covered for me, and I would have gotten away with it. But yo, my, grandmothers are the shit. Grandmothers are the shit. But my dad goes to the bathroom when he gets home from a long day of work, and he's ready to already ready to rage out. And he opens a drawer. And it's full of water. Like, it, the drawer retained the water, full of water. And I, it was one of those, like, Bart Simpson Homer moments where it's like, Jason! Um, yeah. 
And that wasn't the last time I did it, and I got grounded every time. So uh, that wasn't the last time. <laughs> I, I blame I blame uh, the Wet Bandits. Um, I blame uh, Daniel Stern specifically. Uh, Harry. The name sounds familiar. It's Harry. Oh, right. Alone. Yeah. The Wet Bandits, of course, are Harry and yeah. Yeah. Joe yeah. My bad. My bad. My bad. I'm big. No, w. sorry. He's Merv. He's Marv. Yeah. Marv. Marv. Yeah. Harry and Mark. The Sticky Bandits. The Sticky Bandits, and then and then in the next one, they're the Wet Bandits. No, no, no it's the, the Wet Bandits, the wet bandits the and then bandits. the Sticky Bandits. Uh, on track. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, let's give a shout out to M Night doing a little cameo in his own movie. Yeah, as a weirdo. Which I no the his name is credited in the credits as Hooters guy. So yes, yeah. he is playing a weirdo. He loves Hooters. Nice. Wings. I didn't even I didn't even notice that. That's awesome. I, she I also watched. refers to his name like his actual name, and it's they like don't even or they still put it in as Hooters guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's Hooters. hilarious. I love wings. He's like um, I love wings. I love voluptuous. I feel like that should be the extent of his his cameos in movies because like there, a few of his movies he has like extended roles in multiple scenes. Yeah, or like long droning monologues like signs. He's like a character. He's the guy who killed. Yeah, he's the one that uh, Mel Gibson's wife. Yeah. And then, like, in The Happening, he has, like, this long-ass monologue scene when the blind woman goes to get the medicine or whatever, and you can see his reflection and hear his voice. You never actually see his face. But, yeah, his... I think in The Happening, he has, like, a full-on role as well. Is he Is he in... But, uh, wasn't he in Devil also? I feel like he was, like, in the security room or something. Devil isn't the one with the elevator, is it's it? The elevator, is the elevator one, where it was the old... Yeah, movies. okay. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Spoilers. No, I saw that movie. It was worth a watch. I watched it. I watched that, and then I watched Cabin in... Oh, I watched Cabin in the Woods, and then I watched Devil on Halloween one year after a party. Is Cabin Steve's. in the Woods the Eli Roth movie? No. no. That's, uh, that's Cabin no, Fever. That's Cabin, Cabin. Fever. that's Cabin. No, Cabin in the Woods Cabin is Fever. the uh, Joss Whedon... Cabin Fever, sorry. Joss Whedon movie, uh, where they go... To, it, it's like it starts out like a regular the kids are going to the cabin and it's going to murder their faces but then it turns into like a sci-fi like they show all the all the movie villains and then yeah, it turns out they try and the... do some like tropey breaking stuff and then just immediately gas them so that they start acting like movie character tropes anyway and you're like oh okay you're like oh great. it's gonna be different and it's like no it's not it's it was great say. at the time nope. i remember being like a real like different thing like when it came out and then even when it's i watched fun. it 10 it's years still fun. ago but yeah, it's it, it it I think if I went back now and watched it, I think I'd be a little I would have the attitude. It's just goofy has. fun. It's nice to yeah. see a billion monsters at the end like murdering people. It's pretty cool. Like someone gets killed by a unicorn. The the cabin also like keeps shifting inside to be like different. No, the cabin stays oh. the same, but they go underground and there's all these elevators that are full of different monsters and like when they go into the hidden area in the cabin and it all depends on like what they pick up and act. Is that that's M. the Night? monster that the no, no, it's uh, Joss Whedon. We just said it with Joss Whedon like two seconds ago. Oh, good was lord. It, was it Joss Whedon or James? Tracks, people, tracks. Was it jo- Joss Whedon's the guy from Star Trek, right? No, that's J.J. Abrams. No, Joss no, the Whedon. kid. No, that's Will Whedon. <laughs> oh, okay. Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon, not Whedon, Whedon made the first Avengers movie and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So which also one the of second what? Avengers movie. And also Didn't he fuck up Justice though? League. Didn't he he fucked up Justice fuck up? League most recently. And then he got cancelled 
Uh, no, I meant canceled. Yeah, didn't he do some fucked up shit? Yeah, he he did a he did a power play sex thing with a with a intern or something. It's also more like he got outed by everybody that ever worked with him. Yeah, he got uh, he got uh, Harvey Weinstein did a little yeah. bit. Well, wow, that should happen also, more often. But so even that before that, that even before that, he was notoriously addicted to people on set. Like even before he got outed as like a sex pervert. You know what I never understood? How can you not have fun making a movie? Because it's like, extremely stressful. stressful. <laughs> they are not the fun that that you would but think it would be. It's you're like I don't mean it like that. I mean like, how can you not um, instigate fun? Or like how can think you about not this. promote? But think about this, Kalen. Kalen, have you ever made a movie? Think about this. Kalen, you remember this? No, no, no. Have you ever made a movie with a budget of over $20,000 that have like hundreds of employees that answer directly to you and you have to work 21-hour days, seven days a week for like six months in a row? And then on top of that, let me me put some things Specifically to that criteria, no. Kalen, imagine it's four o'clock in the morning, okay? And you're trying to get a scene just right. And let's think of the scene where um, uh, he keeps eating the lint. You know, he keeps biting the lint and the lint goes and he's like, well, you know, I get the lint all over myself. When he shot that scene, he probably had to eat 100 lints because he's a method actor. Right. So every time he ate the, every time he did the scene, he took a bite of the lint, chewed and swallowed the lint, rubbed the little lint on the thing. Right. So right there, that's not fun. Yeah, but that's not fun. Once you get to 16 lint fucking chocolates, you're like, I never want to see one of these again. You know what? Okay, okay, that's fair. And actually, to that point, I have to say this. This movie inspires me to be an actor, but also at the same time makes me feel that I can never reach this level and I might as well not even bother trying. Well, I mean, but that's... See, that's a defeatist way to... You can't be an actor because you're too old. Let's be real. Um, no, whoa, I'm just, whoa, whoa, whoa! This old actor? What are you talking about? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Nick Offerman didn't actually start uh, his career until he was like 45. So th- I, that was a joke. That was a joke. But you do I'm have to playing practice. Along with the joke. I'm playing along with the joke by pretending I don't know it's a joke. You do have to You do have to practice your craft to be an actor. So you can't just be an actor. You, you would have to go and like, you know, take workshops and like do basically do, you know, the, the show Barry. That's kind of what it's like to try to break into acting as a fully formed adult just gotta go to acting right. classes gotta get gigs gotta dress up like if you gotta go to kids birthday parties and make i don't i don't disagree with you i'm just saying james james's performance in this movie is on one end of the coin inspiring that something like this can be achieved yeah but on the other end of the coin um, like deflating or whatever the word is, where it's like, I don't think I can do that. Like that is amazing, and I don't think I could ever reach that level. Very so few, I very few well actors can really reach reach these heights. Anyway, like look at James McAvoy isn't like known for this kind of acting as it is. He was in the movie Wanted. Do you know what they do in the movie Wanted? They say badass lines and they shoot guns by whipping them. And the guns, bullets curve. And in that, I'm... Was pretty... he in Choked or Choke? No, that's, uh, that's what's-his-face. Um, Sam Movie. Rockwell? Sam Rockwell. That's Choke. Uh, Sam Movie. Uh, he's also Professor Xavier, which is just... He's uh, also Mr. Tumnus. Huh? 
He's in lots of fucking movies. He's in lots of movies and he always shows up every single time and he fucking rules in every movie he's in. He's an extremely good actor. That freeze frame of you telling me with the telling me face is etched in time. (laughs) You froze on this. I think it only froze for you because it didn't freeze for me. It froze on the stream. (laughs) I'm watching the stream. I saw all uh, no, I said he also is Mr. Tumnus in the Narnias. True. He's a good actor, man. No, There's I, no denying no, he is, every sure. movie that he shows up in, he's acting and he's acting hard. He doesn't phone in his roles ever. He That's always like I said, kills it. I do give like him the him. Emmys, give him the Grammys, give him the Oscars, give him the Tonys. Give him the Grammys. Give even better. Give him all of all of the accolades. I cannot sing his praise enough give him the video game company accolade i would say that there are probably people who know james mcavoy for very specific things and the fact that he has such a wide uh filmography in terms of different genres there's probably like you can find three to five very different people who like very different movies and they will all know james mcavoy for a completely different movie yeah like Like when he was the kid in terminator 2 i'm 100 percent kidding he just kind of looks like that kid. You talking about Edward uh, Furlong? Edward Furlong. <laughs> Edward yeah, Furlong does not look like that anymore. I'll tell you that much. No, he still looks the same. He's a little bigger, but he still looks the same. Yeah, but he kind of like he kind of looks like uh, the kid from. Uh, uh, he kind of looks like Haley Joel Osment in that. Yo, kind of Haley Joel Osment. Have you seen him lately? Yeah, he's hilarious. Love him. He's still hilarious. Or he's hilarious. He does comedy mostly. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that he did that transition. Yeah. Personally. He's a child actor. But who, back who to could Split. Have... Okay, sorry. On the rails. Where were we? Where did we leave off? So... Speaking of Haley Joel Osment, there's a character named Haley Lou Richardson in this movie. <laughs> Three names? Three first names? Well, I was just saying they sound similar. And they do. Haley, yeah, Haley, Joel, yeah. Haley Joel Osment was in The Sixth Sense. But I'm just trying to like create a loop to get us back to this. Oh, <laughs> that's uh, that's Claire, right? Yeah, yeah. Haley um, Richardson, not related to Haley Joel Osment in any way. Just their first names. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's continue, shall we? We shall. Uh, so let's see, let's see, let's see. We talked Sorry, about that. Hooters lover is what. Yeah, Hooters is what he's credited as. Even Yo, Not Hooters guy. Hooters lover. You can't just throw out wings. Also, if wings are like one bite, maybe two bites. You got you got room for wings. What are you talking it's about? It's like Jello. You always got room for Jello. Wings you always are got each room wing. For wing. All right, I hate this bit. Let's move on. Each wing is an experience. <laughs> this okay? bit sucks. You got to eat the caps. You got to eat all the bits. You got to suck on them. I'm not crazy. Like some people break them open and suck the marrow out. Like, uh, you know, uh, Christopher Reeves on that episode of South Park with the stem cell fetuses. I eat the bones. <laughs> Stevie eats the bones. I I, well, I mean, calcium. Calcium's good for you. Your bones need it. Isn't it interesting that your bones, bones need good bones. for your bones? Eat bones; they're good for your bones. <laughs> Big Bone is really trying to is really trying to chime in with their new uh, their new propaganda. Bones, <laughs> it does your body good. It does your boner? Damn it! So God. there's one of those <laughs> foreshadowing. There is one of those little foreshadowing moments where Hedwig uh, 
So Casey wakes up. Or wait, where are we at in the thing? So Hooters. Um... Um, I I've been going down my notes, and we are somehow like my notes are somehow at the point in the movie we're talking Halfway? about. But about that, but I haven't been. I thought that the whole point of the new the new with hey, did you see this one? Is just to just talk about whatever. We are yeah. just talking about whatever, but we're also kind of okay. somewhat timelining. I did want to say that the also other... I'm the one hosting. Okay, sorry, you're right. I just no, I no, wanted no. to you bring up your stories in a sack. You step your stories in a sack. The other two girls who aren't Casey um, weren't Claire and Marsha. Cla- yeah, Claire and Marsha. Even though they, like they aren't in the movie for like a lot of it, because they kind of just like discard their characters after they keep trying to escape they just put them in separate rooms basically um they weren't completely useless when they were when they were able to do things they were at least trying and i think that's important because those kinds of characters traditionally in horror movies are completely useless and get murdered Mm -hmm. first and i'm surprised that i'm surprised that they got that they both got killed Uh, they did get murdered first because they wouldn't listen true they would not listen to Casey, and they died. They True. got it by the beast. And if they had just listened to her, there might have been a moment where all three of them got to go with little Hedwig, and they could have locked him in a closet and fucking took yeah. his keys and got out. But they didn't listen, and they all got locked into rooms individually because they all tried to fuck around, and they found out about they it. fucked around, and they found out real quick about how it is. You know what happens when you hit a jacked man who's actually a lady... With a chair, it you get put in a closet, and then he yeah. throws you in a room. He comes after you with a knife and calmly sticks a knife in your belly button and tells you that you shouldn't have done that. Actually, and, but that's not how she died. That was just the most tense moment up to that point. That was just, no, yeah, she funny. just like gently places the the knife in her belly button, and she's just kind of, kind of holding it there, and it's so uncomfortable. So intense. when I was like, watching that scene, I didn't know what to expect out of this movie. Um, this was another one of those movies when the trailers came out. I was like, oh, that's going to be a bloodbath. Even though this movie doesn't really have any gore. It's got some like, it's got some like implied gore. It's got some, but like the gore effects are bad. They're clearly just like CGI'd in. Um, but that's well, part- not a gory movie. It's not, I'm not Shyamalan doesn't really make gory movies. Right. You know? He's just... But that particular scene where the knife is in her, like, being pressed up against her stomach into her belly button. I was like, oh, is this going to be fucked up? Like, is this going to be like, he's going to cut her and her whole shit's going to come out? Um, and I was trying to like keep watching it to like add to the desensitization of my mind. Because uh, I really just want to be able to watch whatever, you know? Um, and I want to be able to handle that kind of suspense. Because that kind of suspense. You know, it's just a movie, right? Yeah, but then my empathy goes i can deal with uh i can deal with almost any gore that doesn't involve fingernails and eyeballs those are the two things that i cannot handle i can deal with literally any gore if it's in a video game anything in a video game but some stuff that's pixelated that's pixelated it's not the same yeah well you know this guy pixelated It's not pixelated. You think I only play 16-bit fucking video yeah, games? Final Fantasy. No, you. It's, it's got it's more, more pixels than that. Pixelated. Technic. It's fucking pixelated. And technically, if it's on we, the TV, it's pixelated, Kalen. And around this time <laughs> of the movie, though, we do get the 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 reason behind uh, why the horde, the beast, 
are kind of doing what they're doing where people who haven't felt pain um, aren't aren't initiated aren't aren't um, what's the word um, I can tell you exactly what the line is because I wrote it down because I really liked it it's at perfect. the end of the movie and he says uh, they haven't suffered or something like that he says where is it he says uh he says broken the broken the broken are more evolved and since she's because she see he sees all the no, well before the end of the movie though before the end of the movie oh, okay. um there's uh there's a part where um i think it's dennis and he's saying like you've always been protected you've never suffered right like you're you know that's you're uh, almost... patricia she's talking to oh is it Patricia? Yeah. 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 There's like many moments like where the, it's like he's chastising people for being unevolved, for never having to suffer, and how you'll never reach your full potential because of the fact you've never suffered. And mm-hmm. that's why you're there to be eaten. And it's sort of implied that the eaten will join the horde and maybe he'll absorb more personalities through devouring them, but. It feels like it has to be the beast that eats them to do that, but we don't really see any evidence of that, and I don't think that we see any evidence of that in the next movie either. Don't spoil anything about Glass, please. I know you haven't seen like... it yet. No, dude. Oh my god, Jason, I want to watch it with you. Why? Because. Well, movies are more fun to That's watch true. with people, Jason. I, as soon as I said it, I was like, "What an asshole thing to say, Jason." Kalen's your friend. He just said he wants to watch a movie with you, and you replied with, "Why? Why the fuck? <laughs> no." Maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll do some sort of watch along or something. Well, not necessarily know. watch it with you, but I will not spoil it for you. I do want you to watch it, and I want to talk to you about it. I was worried because I. I, I want to talk to both of you about it. I did theor- do some theory crafting with the beast too, and it did. Cross my mind that um, there could be an absorbing thing, and I know in the trailer for Glass they like go and bust him out. So like, don't I'm not even gonna look at you because I don't want to know. But like, I'm interested to see how it gets to uh, John Unbreakable and John Glass going to break out John Split. What? Uh, don't oh, just don't worry, oh, Kalen. Oh, just oh okay. Jason okay. is saying things, and you don't need to. You're doing John Smith forever. You'll start saying things, and yes, we don't need to We're ruin not anything. Say any more things. Can I tell you guys? I saw Wakanda Forever, and they showed the fucking trailer for um for Quantumania before it, and I nearly I was this close to getting up and walking out. <laughs> yeah, you did, and then I asked you all of the things that I predicted would be in the trailer, and then I went and watched the trailer, and I was almost eighty nine percent accurate as to what I was, I mean, <laughs> was I, in it. I. I had kind of assumed it was going to be what it was going to be, you know. Yeah. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to be sure until I watched it. Like when I didn't watch any trailers for Wakanda Forever, all I knew was about who the. I didn't even know he was the villain. I just knew he was in it. Oh, whoops! Spoilers. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but yes, uh, that made my um, viewing experience for Wakanda Forever that much better. And I stand by if if you don't want to watch trailers, just don't watch them. And if you're one of those people. The movie will be better. I didn't watch. I haven't seen a trailer for Split since the movie came out, and I probably saw a trailer for this in 2015. I didn't rewatch really a trailer. Yeah. I didn't. I forgot the, all the things I could remember about this movie were like him standing, being very proper as the woman character. That's the only character yeah. I remembered was Patricia. 
this movie's trailer only shows you stuff from like the first 20 minutes of the movie yeah like when they I, first get there and they're like the first i rewatched the trailer today because i was often am i am interested to see afterwards yeah i haven't seen it in a while so i was like i'm gonna check the trailer out and i watched it and was like oh this is only like the first 20 minutes maybe of the movie yeah they show I, you I nothing after that, that. also so. do you want to hear something weird about my memory there was a guy yeah. in my memory there was a guy there with them captured I know that's factually incorrect, but he's like, some, "What are we gonna do, ladies?" For some reason, I mean, Kevin. Kevin's kind of imprisoned, sort of. No, I mean, literally, like it was two dudes and a woman, like oh, captured. No. Oh, in my like, that's how I remembered it for some reason. There's probably another movie that came out at the same time that was like had some that other, like, going on or something. Movie. Maybe it was yeah. literally Cabin in the Woods because, uh, or was that movie with that the with those kids going to that like blind guy's house and he's like a war veteran or whatever and. <laughs> kicks the shit out of all of them or whatever i vaguely remember that trailer too. i think it's called like don't breathe or something or just breathe i can't remember don't poop hold your poops hold your poops kiddos <laughs> i'll be Kaylin, right back on track please on track so we uh what do we have um oh one thing i wanted to mention was how i my uh my heart sank a little bit when he's like do you want to come to my room and listen to my music i'd like to call yo, me kanye west kanye my west. main man and then and everything went, going on with kanye right now i wrote oh kanye west and then he, that's not what they play he plays fucking dubstep because it was 2016 yeah. uh and dubstep was his dancing still, though yeah okay so another thing that i wanted to mention about that 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 moment is and they do this a couple times where they just show a wide shot of like him doing stuff. It felt yeah. like a demonic Wes Anderson. Like it felt like a Wes Anderson shot, but d- like like dark, like a dark. You know, Wes Anderson's all like pretty cheery yeah. and like, yeah. But it's always those like wide those like shots that are like yeah you know yeah I mean? okay yeah. that that scene where he's dancing around had that same kind of vibe as a Wes Anderson movie. But made just my name's made, Mr. Glass. Made me feel gross. I was saying, Steve, that some of the some of the shots in this movie kind of felt yeah. like a demonic Wes Anderson shot, like when he's dancing around. Specifically, was the was the main one that shot of him in his bed? Like it shows the whole bedroom as a static shot. Oh, run! It's like a weird like high angle. And yeah, it only shows him from like the waist up. Yeah, yeah. I could I can see where you're coming with that. There's also a shot where, um. What's her name? The blonde girl? Casey? Claire? No. Claire. Claire. She, yeah, she's running towards the camera and it's a very shallow oh. zoom. Yeah. So it's she's in focus. Everything, you know, the pipe close, and stuff. everything close to the camera is out of focus and everything behind her is out of focus. So it's like she's in this this one little pocket of focus. And it's clearly on some sort of steady cam or it could be like a high mounted I, I'm not sure how they did it because you don't see any tracks on the ground. But she's sprinting and she's dodging past these pipes and you know uh you know valves and stuff and it's so tight at points and it's going so quickly and it's so claustrophobic but um i don't know there was something so good about that shot and there's a few shots it was like this um was it was it called like framing the framing of it right framing, like it was yeah. symmetrical <laughs> you have everything's drawing your eye to the center aka claire like you said, the the pipes, right? Like the little hallway or whatever it is. That's yeah, the there's a lot of shots in this movie that are extremely dreamlike, uh, especially the stuff 
the flashback sequences of when she's a little girl feel very ethereal and those are very shot. those have a lot they're of that always, wes anderson sort of feel to them it's got a very intense color palette and it also is all shot very low like all the yeah. angles are very low um, it's from her it's all from her like point of view yeah it's supposed to make you feel like you're looking up to the adults kind of thing and whenever um, they show her face she's always very close to the camera and they're always sort of looming yeah Except for the grossest part of the movie where he's like, let's go play our little game. And then you're, you're like, uh-oh. And then he's, yeah. he's got his shirt off and he's like, I'm a beast. And I right. Like, we, so oh. we learn about, like, there's, there's, there's hints at, of what happened. And then it's right in your face what that uncle did. And uh, re-watching it the other night, I was like, oh, yeah, shit, fuck. Like that, I forgot. That, I completely forgot about it as well, and it, it was brought unsettling. up. It brought up the same feelings I had when the movie came out, and there's something that a lot of B movies do that I find very cheap Get a and very, one of these, like... very, very easy, and yeah. it's very you get sympathy for your main character. It, it's very unearned, and I think it is in a lot of cases despicable. I'll say in this movie's case, it's not as poorly done because he doesn't take it too far um but just the fact that that's the trauma it seems like for a movie where they're doing all this super creative stuff with a mental illness that exists for real and doing all this interesting science fictiony stuff with it to take something and you know did it affects i think something like zero zero point one or point zero zero one percent to one percent of people the the human populous entirety which is still pretty high but it's not that high um it's pretty low the chances of somebody with did going and seeing split and being offended pretty low but the chances of somebody going to this movie not knowing that this is part of the plot and right. being exposed to this plot point it's like it's gonna which ruin the fucking movie more, for you much more common much higher yeah. <laughs> much much higher yeah. it's very common it's a very common thing that happens to a lot of people and I think that that's a problem. I don't like it. And it's like, you could have come up with a thousand other things that would have traumatized her that she's had to deal with. Yeah. Right. It does. It ties things up in a neat little bow as to why she is prepared for a situation like this, because she's dealing with it every day of her life because her uncle ended up having to take custody of her after her father died, which insinuates to you that she's, she's been dealing with it up to this moment. She's continuously been dealing with it since her father passed away. And so she's prepared for a situation where she's being held against her will and a situation that is dangerous and that she has very little control over and she'll know how to f manipulate people to get out of these situations. It also shows why she's so capable with a shotgun. <laughs> and, you know, it does, a, a, it has a job to fulfill within the movie. Right. But for me, a little bit of creativity, they could have come up with something else that would have given her that preparation that she needed for the situation that didn't involve bringing in a very real thing that affects a lot of people that is the, traumatizing. I don't, the movie disagree with you. I don't disagree with you at all, but to kind of add on or, or uh, so like, yes, I agree with what you're saying. Absolutely. On for lack of a better word, the other side of that coin, as terrible as shitty things are in life, whatever they are, sometimes good can come from it, which is what I took from that. 
and I'm not trying to downplay the seriousness okay. of. Yeah, I okay, but I don't think that this is the movie to do that. Like yeah. that. What I'm saying is that the 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 idea behind this movie, it's a comic book movie that is an origin story for a super villain to meet up with an, a superhero within the same universe. Right. That's pro- probably not the venue to deal with this type of traumatic traumatic experience. Right. Gotcha. I understand what you're saying, but there are yeah. there are times when it's appropriate to do that, and times where it's like. You're just doing this because it's the easy option, and gotcha. Okay, See, because I thought I thought that um, she had she was gonna deal with some shit in a way that was like she was in with the wrong crowd, or since she is sort of a an introvert, invisible person, she had to deal with some something a little bit less like unnerving than somebody very close to you being right. a sexual aggressor like that that was uh that was a tough pill to swallow and i don't think i think they could have just had her um just have a shitty home life and the flashbacks could have been more like just an asshole drunk even in it could have been much more vague who yeah, could have shown been... instead of showing straight up like almost showing a straight up sexual assault against a very young girl right. They could have had this like shitty dad or this shitty uncle who's like throwing beer bottles at her and and exhibiting similar, um, similar like unnerving things. But I think I think going so far as to make her uncle this like just it was disgusting, and I think it could yeah, have been yeah, it's toned very off putting and yeah. <laughs> it's... I think that you guys understand the point that I'm making and you agree with it. I don't think we need to dwell on it for too long. Um, I just, it's something that like it could have been anything else. And like the fact that his trauma is born out of, you know, like his need to, to compartmentalize different personalities in order to survive his situations. And then unbreakable, unbreakable, his trauma is that he, almost drown as a kid which is a, a thing that happens to lots of people as well but it's also something that like is very sp- uniquely specific to him and what his weakness becomes and all of that stuff and it's it's a creative way of dealing with it whereas this just seems like a sloppy like oh we'll just do this there was a lesser gotcha. there was a lesser one than her childhood trauma that stuck out to me and that's when this actually just came up in my notes but uh, he's he's there as Barry, and she's she's realizing that he's Dennis, and then he then Doctor oh, Fletcher the brings up the oh. prank that some teenagers pulled on him, where they ran right. up to him and like made him put his hand up there. He's trying shirt. to hold himself together so hard in that scene, and maybe that was uh, Doctor Fletcher trying to pull out Dennis because Dennis is that's the, what I thought. Dennis is it the, definitely was the yeah. child molester totally. like. But at the same time, I feel like that's another one of those, like, it's kind of intense. Yeah. It's like kind of an intense thing. It is, but it's, movie. it's also, like, the way, it's also so strange, right? Because, like, during that moment, I was half expecting her to then say something along the lines of, like, but we both know that that was just the story that you told, and okay. we know what actually happened. And then I thought it was going to devolve into something where the Dennis character is also, like, you know, creeping on people and doing horrible things, but that didn't happen. And I'm like, okay, so what was the purpose of that? Other than to like resurface trauma, I suppose. 
but it also seemed like needlessly. I think she's trying to instigate and... a reaction out of him because she. I know, I know pretty... that, but, but I didn't like, think it about that. Been, again, it could have been anything. The specific nature it. of the story is what was off-putting and weird to me. Where I'm like, why was right. that the story? Like, it could have been anything. They didn't have to make it two teenage girls randomly come up to a custodian and like stick his hands up their shirts. Like, that seems like a really weird prank for some teenagers to do. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, what yeah, the but fuck? also like, like that's what's going on shit, in Philadelphia. That's some shit that like horrible, mean girl style teenagers might do to some like perceived maintenance man who is uh, mentally. I mean, also he's hot, so that. maybe they were just like. <laughs> it was either that he's clearly like functionally, uh, mentally incapacitated, or they thought he was hot. Which either way, it's gross. Yeah. It is, and then she's like, "Okay, I gotta go now." Yeah, bye. Thanks for honking my hooter. <laughs> no, no, like Doctor, got... like when she's when she's when she's like talking to Dennis. It's like, oh well, okay, we should talk about this next time. I gotta go now. Yeah, it's unfortunate as well because I think her suspicions were so high, the doctor, that if yeah. she had just left, because he was gonna let her leave. Yeah, yeah. Because Dennis, I think in that moment, Dennis was realizing that Patricia was controlling him. And the beast was controlling Patricia, right? Like he was also being controlled by the beast through Patricia and he was scared and he knew that she could help him. But when he, when she went snooping, that's when he had to, to take care of her or like, he didn't even kill her. Right. He just knocked her out thinking the beast will take care of her later, later. And he does. But, uh, if the doctor had just, (laughs) yeah, it's always those moments in movies where you're like, no, just get the fuck out of there and call the cops, man. Because if she just left and said, I suspect that this guy might have those missing girls underneath the zoo, then they would have came back with SWAT and taken him down before he started eating people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's what is part of a thriller, right? It, yeah, it, has it does lead into a very cool editing, um, let's call it a trick or whatever, or or just, or edit. I don't, like, the... Uh, I'm not sure if I've ever noticed it before, but I noticed it the other night when I was watching it, where we get kind of a point of view POV shot of Dennis leaving the zoo. And then it kind of fades out and then fades in to Patricia accepting flowers at a flower shop. And she's like, thank you. And it's like, it's like the way I perceived it when I watched it the other night, I was like, like Dennis had the light during that moment. And then now he's giving it to her. Hmm? But and they like they conveyed it through editing or whatever, right? Like that's that's what blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think the whole idea of the light is really interesting and cool. Um, because you, you almost have to entirely utilize your visual imagination to like imagine what it is like, even though on screen it's just like him kind of shifting and changing. You know, he describes it as like a dark room with a circle of chairs and each of them is sitting in a chair kind of thing and one of them gets to stand up and stand in the light at a time yeah which that's is literally how i imagine it through the eyes that's probably like like the, the light eyes, right? f- the light from the eyes you get to stand in and look through the eyes and become the person and that's the light it's, I, I would imagine yeah. it as like two circles in a dark room two circles like kind of up up all in the... centered on one point yeah. yeah, I kind of pictured I it as like a, I kind of pictured it as like a spotlight, and then like the oh, chairs okay. are in the darkness, and then you walk into the light and look up, and then you you take over the body. That's how it kind of almost like being beamed up 
from like a to like an alien yeah. ship or something i didn't actually but, uh, i don't have the uh i didn't have the spotlights i had just like you walk into it and it becomes like brighter for a second like you know how video games when people like wake up and it's bright yeah like that and then you're the person then you're then you're in control it's a keyhole arm. and you look into it and you go Wah. but then also and then and also, then there's ropes that you pull to control the arms and legs <laughs> you're underneath <laughs> you're underneath a chef's hat and you pull yeah. on the guy's hair and ears to make him cook a ratatouille all fun and games but when they get busy in the bedroom and then he makes a lasagna on her ass so she pulls his hair <laughs> that's when i draw the line <laughs> the only other thing in my notes that I really that I really wanted to bring up was uh, during the the her running away from him as the beast. Um, mm. It really evoked. There was the most horror. It was the most suspenseful of the whole thing. Him, they kept talking about how the beat like the different personalities talk about how the beast can climb up walls and use the the friction from even any little like foot or handhold. He does that a whole bunch, which I thought was a really cool payoff. Imperfection, yeah. And then at the end, when she's running, she runs to the end of this like really spooky hallway already because it's like underground and there's it's half lit. And he's coming up the ceiling, like crawling across the ceiling and smashing lights out. Then he drops down, and he he's running across the hallway and just being like the prophecy, this and like blah blah blah. And I thought that was really dope. But when she's actually actively running from her and he's like reaching out to her almost that's the part that i felt really felt like resident evil and i i know that we joked around about how like no i didn't mean to say that in a way that's like this is the punchline i honestly felt that like if you did if you did half of this kind of feeling for a suspense horror video game tie-in you wouldn't get a full action thing like you do with the actual resident evil movies i want to see somebody who's like mortally injured in one of their legs with just a shitty shotgun trying to like just get down a hallway with a, a bio yeah. monster like pursuing them and that's what he is he's essentially a bio well, monster right i think the coolest thing was that the whole movie they're saying the beast is on the move the beast is on the move and then they go he he goes to the train and he gets on the train and takes his shirt off and goes down and stands up as the beast and it's like you know that his father died on the train and like that's where the beast was born and the beast arrives on the train it's it's really interesting fun cool storytelling through only visuals that you have to like kind of piece together and you know they're they're going to meet the beast she brings the flowers for the beast and then gets on the train it's it's pretty cool man it's a very yeah, cool and, like, and every, interesting origin story for a villain i really like it a lot every person is the every person is in the same body overall but he even says dennis is the biggest and strongest but he's still mm. just you know what i mean and then when the beast but the way he carries emerges, himself though right like all of them yeah that when the beast emerges though obviously he has like his veins like puff up and become black which which is CGI. the supernatural part but the but he's still just in the same body but he gets sweatier and his eyes get bloodshot and he gets a little bit more jacked, you know, and, 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 but the way they describe the beast is he's got like this mane and his fingers are fucking twice the length of a regular finger. And you know what I mean? But so from his point of view, he's probably, if he looked in a mirror, he probably sees himself as all of these different personas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of, an, would, it's kind of an interesting way to look at. I'd like to see 
but he is doing crazy version. shit. He's That's climbing true. across the ceiling, smashing lights, and his, his pupils and Dennis... grow to the, the size of his entire irises. But like... we even see before that Dennis's strength versus Hedwig's strength are different. Yeah. Jade yeah. literally needs insulin, you know? Yeah. I'm sure that if you punched, uh, what's the what's the history guy's name again? Orwell. I'm sure if you punched him, he would crumple like a fucking leaf. He would say, oh, good God! And fall, <laughs> fall backwards. And... Yeah, that's all my notes. The which So you, you mentioned, yeah, she's she's chasing Casey down, like, down through the, the pipe corridor thing. Um, oh, so I wouldn't exactly say it's green. But her the the last shirt that she has is kind of like a brownish green or like an off green kind of color, which kind of ties in. So again, it's another little kind of like before you know before the end of the movie where they give the reveal. It's a little hat tip to so David Dunn had a green poncho, right? Okay, she's got a green. Uh, tank top or whatever it's like it's kind of like ties in um mm. when when uh the beast is pulling apart the the bars like his face and just like oh my this movie is damn near perfect it's i have good. to say it's hot I rod to... is Sorry, do not put hot rod and split in the same no no no, no no i was gonna say hot rod is like one of my favorite <laughs> it's one of the best movies. comedies you're right okay i'm sorry this is one of my favorite movies yeah. there's almost no flaws almost no flaws from a really big one <laughs> what's the really big one do I have to go into it again? Sorry, <laughs> I'll go into it in my outro. Oh, okay. Um, the the other yeah, just one last little thing I wanted to mention was the 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 use of her of Casey's many shirts throughout the the movie. You can almost if you were if you were to see this movie on TV or if you were to walk into a room and just see her, you could pretty much figure out at what point in the movie they are <clears throat> because she has a different look right. at, almost at every every point of the movie um and i really like that because he even says to her at one point i think hedwig's like you wear a lot of shirts yeah uh, so it is a plot device that they're using to show the passage of time and also to show her many layers because uh, she's very she's very guarded um and for I, a reason absolutely right? she's... but even at the very end um her shirt's like ripped and she even like does the final rip kind of like a badass action star to like she rips it and then fucking shoots you're right Caleb. it's uh it's one of the best movies i've ever seen like one of the best like like pound for pound it's entertaining i wanted to see what happened next the whole time anyway i'll also go into it <laughs> i didn't write out i didn't write out my reaction for like the first time ever because i know that i'll have no shortage of things to say about this to hear that uh where are we at uh let's see da, 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 da. oh one thing what one one of the other like little it, like little little things is uh like patricia knowing these different facts about animals 
and then at the end we realize that they're in a they're in a zoo and that's most likely where she got her knowledge from i'm assuming yeah, but yeah. Well, he Kevin works at the zoo, so that's probably also they all know it. That, yeah, that, yeah, uh, that's what I meant. Yeah, you yeah. don't find out it's a zoo until that last moment. Yeah. Well, and that's what I mean, yeah. right? Like you, you. There's these things throughout. There's all these little, let's call them Easter eggs, throughout the whole movie. Like this is one of those movies where I personally think, like watching it the first time, is. It's priceless, but rewatching it has so much extra value added to it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that for sure. <laughs> no, you guys really like this movie. <laughs> I do. I, I really do. I can't not sing enough praise about M. Night, James. Anya Taylor, Joy. Excuse the pause. I'm sorry, Anya. She is our number one fan. Well, excuse me. We don't refer to him as M Knight anymore. We call him Hooters Lover, and Hooters we will call Lover. him that forever. <laughs> Yo, I'm down to call him Hooters Lover if he's da- if he's okay with that. I'm down with that. I fucking know. love Hooters. He'll never know. I love wings. Have you ever been to Hooters, Kalen? Yo, there used to be one in Dartmouth, and I think I went once. I think. There's a Hooters here, and I I almost worked. I got hired there. I've to only, make wings? Well, yeah. No, for my fucking big, fabulous titties. <laughs> no, I uh, when I first moved here, I was still cooking, and I was looking for jobs. And I went, and I successfully got a callback to come work for Hooters. I The only time I've been in Hooters was uh, to do a job interview. And it was a dude who was like, working in the kitchen. I didn't see any Hooters ladies. Um, to this day, I still have never seen a Hooters lady in real life. Uh, but I got hired. I said, no, no, I took another job. Um, but I've never gone back to go for the wings and make the joke from the office. Uh, I'll have the, the chicken breast hold the chicken and have the Hooters waiter say, is that what you really want? And then I'll be there and I'll say, you should order milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get a bone. Get boned. Get a bone. Two of those. Uh, two of I used to. I used to deliver us. beer to the Hooters in Toronto and Brampton all the time. And do you think milk? It's just a restaurant, guys. It's just a restaurant. It's literally just a restaurant, and they just wear a tight T-shirt. But if you go to any restaurant. The waitresses usually wear tight, tight well, you're shirts supposed at to any have, restaurant. You're supposed to have big boobs if you work at Hooters, but the thing is, is now you can't like discriminate like that. So it's just people yeah. are trying to get. I applied at a place called Ding Dongs, and I had to wear a banana. Yo, did you whip your dick out? There is one. There is a place in the states called um, uh, Twin Peaks, and there's they still do like the movie? like, like the TV show. Yeah, but it's like mountains. Uh, it's mountain. It's themed. a boob reference. It's a boob reference, but it's like holy oh. shit. But they still they still employ that. I think in the states, Hooters is still very much like that too, where they still like oh, you know, you can work here if you have small breasts, but if you have large breasts, you you can, can super work, work here. Super work here, especially <laughs> if you put on that cleavage. Anyway, I don't um, I feel wow. Gross. What a dumb thing. Can we go home? I want to go home. 
all right, yeah. all right, all right. So let's all just say question... collectively, "Fuck Hooters." It's a horrible yeah, idea and a horrible establishment, it's and it's disgusting that it still exists. It's disgusting and gross. So the Beast realizes that Casey has suffered and leaves her be, for lack of a better word. Um, there's a few lines, actually, Jason. I think earlier you were about to say this line. Can you can you say it for us, please? Those that the suffered, the evolved one, that one. Yeah, you said it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one where she, where he says you have suffered, you've evolved. Yeah, say that for us again. <laughs> he, no, she. Yeah, he looks. He looks. He. She. When she rips off the rest of her shirt, she's got. Yeah. She's got cut Cuts. like cut marks because she's a blade. She blades herself, obviously, and also probably scars from getting assaulted by this weird beast uncle who his, his favorite game is playing beasts they hated it hated every moment oh shit yeah but also she clearly like was a cutter um but one of her cuts it was a fucking tic-tac-toe i swear go what? back and look i'm pretty sure it was like a, a hash mark i don't know if... i've known i've known people who have had fun that with... to themselves Never mind, and that's they, a bad joke. they don't it's not they they just do it because they like the feeling of it and yeah they'll do tic-tac-toe yeah um, it's not like they do it at the same time they'll do like two marks and then they'll do two marks the other way another day the broken yeah. broken people broken people are more evolved and so she's right. pure at heart which means he sees all the cuts and he just leaves her alone and just disappears into the darkness even though he's got fucking multiple gunshot wounds um so for all the darkness encapsulated with this movie that line, the lines associated with that that theme really spoke to me. Um, I've always kind of felt like an outsider and weird or whatever. And like, I just don't fit into shit. And it's nice to have something speak for you. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. So I guess that brings us to. Oh, actually, before I so the at the end, the cops come to pick her up, and uh, you know your uncle's here to pick you up. You're ready to go, and she, she the way I interpret it, yeah. the way I interpret it, she has this look where she's finally ready to speak up, yep, and say no. And she does, say what the person has done. The head acting in this scene, it was the yeah. most subtle no look that the cop immediately knew what that meant. Because it was also a woman yeah. cop. So yeah. she, the, they had a moment. Uh, all cops are bastards. But like in this moment, the, the cop knew. And I feel like it's a vague happy ending. Where we don't know for right. sure what the next thing that happens is. But... But I like to think that now she was because she went through this tumultuous experience, she was able to speak up about her horrible home life and exactly get him put in jail. Um, what we do know in reality is that uh, uh, victims rarely get uh, their comeuppance. Uh, sorry, the victims, people who do victim me things, people who sorry, one second, no, that sounded wrong. <clears throat> 
people who are who people who are awful who take victims people who victimize people victimize thank you sorry steve they rarely ever get their comeuppance uh, I, I fear that the reason why I was left open like that is because we can go like, oh, obviously she told the, the cop that, uh, you know, her home life is, is bullshit. But then the reality is that, oh, a lot of times people oh. with those kinds of home lives don't actually get uh, any sort of justice. And she probably just had to keep persevering through horrible, horrible. Oh, okay. Good thing there's another movie that we can find out. Spoilers. Well, I don't think we actually learned about that part of it. Spoilers. But... Stop. No, I don't Stop. think so. I don't think Stop. so. Please. Jason, please. I it, if we can't watch it please. together, my I final thoughts. Okay, so I, I really enjoyed it. the movie. Maybe on split. this on this on this little John podcast, split. this little thing that we do. Jonathan but, um, split was okay, a man so before we, who had two two to two to twenty. Before we get into our final thoughts. Do you guys have any other uh, notes that you would like to discuss before we sign up? Thoughts, I have no notes. So I thought that this was a lot like Final Fantasy VII, and I'll tell you why. Um, you're supposed to yell, both yell like, oh, no, don't do that. I laughed inside. <laughs> I we were supposed to do that? I, I didn't know. No, I, I didn't this, read the script for this week. This one was nothing. I like didn't Final get the Fantasy. memo. This one was nothing. Did you get like, the memo? I'm gonna start sending memos when I want to do a bit. <laughs> you know what? Maybe you should. Um. Oh, also, I got a question. I got a question. Did James get paid for each character? He probably didn't. No. He probably just got like. He did but not receive could. 24 paychecks. Yeah, but what if he did no, no, and he got he paid the same amount for every for character? Each character. He'd be the, what he'd he be the highest paid actor for a single movie in the history of film. Right? I, so Actually, I there's a funny story beginning. about um, Deep Roy, the character the oh, character of actor who played all the Oompa, the Oompa Loompas in the, the Charlie and the Chocolate oh, Chocolate from, Factory uh, remake. The Burton one? Yeah, where they wanted the studio wanted to pay him like ten thousand dollars or whatever, and Tim Burton was like, "No, no, no, we're paying him one million dollars because he's playing a hundred fucking Oompa Loompas, and there's yeah. no way we're paying him." Also, Tim Burton was like, ten thousand dollars? What the fuck? It's also Deep Roy, who's been a fucking character actor for since the seventies. He was in Royal Tenenbaums, right? wasn't he? Is that him? No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. My apologies. My apologies. Um, I apologize to Deep Roy. Yeah. But I assume he didn't. I will personally sign a petition. He should get paid for each character because no, he's an actor. Get, you don't get he's retroactively acting. paid for movies either. <laughs> this is unless it's like. Okay. No, 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 but you get paid for your role. You get no, paid. No, you get for... paid for being on the movie as an actor. You don't get paid for your role. That's not how it works. You think Austin Powers got fucking five paychecks? No. <laughs> No, think, no, but okay. Do you look, think that John Eddie Murphy got paid. He directed. He wrote. <laughs> he did the score. He got paid for each of those things. Those are different things. Those are different parts of the movie. Those characters are different people. He is transforming into Kalen, a different. I gotta person. tell you, this is stupid. I hate this. This is fucking stupid. I, I get that it's a bit. It's funny. Is what bit, I'm trying to say. But is I can't he's tell awesome, if you're serious or not because he you've been deserves. Drinking. He deserves to get paid. 
Five actors. We just, we just lost three viewers. We we actually did. We were up. To, we were up to five. <laughs> did or we six actually? People ever down to the yeah. original three? We lost one viewer for every time you said James McAvoy should get paid for every single character he played in this movie. Luckily, we're ending now. So. Well, we are. We are. We this. Thank you, everyone, who's been here along the journey, and thank you for everyone that uh, has come to check out this journey later on. Uh, when it gets uploaded. Uh, let's conclude tonight's episode with our final thoughts. Jason, would you do us the honor? I would love to. I Split is going to stick with me for quite some time. Everything from James McAvoy's incredible acting, I agree he should get paid for every role. He should get 24 paychecks. He should get a double paycheck to play the beast, actually, because that was the best part. Uh, I, of course, I'm kidding. That's just a, a bit. But I will say that each one of the roles we we didn't actually see all 24 roles. So I, I would I really was I'm glad that we got to see a few more like later in the movie when we saw the videos and Jade actually comes out and then we get that scene where they're like all arguing with each other in the mirror. That was dope. I love that kind of stuff. The can, we, can we speculate what other personalities he might have had? Any funny ones? <laughs> well, there's probably just like a bro who's like. like there's yeah, one who's like he's like an airline pilot, and he's always like, "Well, uh, uh, <laughs> I think we're at uh, forty thousand feet now." And, no, you know who there might be uh, a train conductor to make oh, sure yeah, the train doesn't think crash. His actual yeah. life. All aboard! <laughs> tickets, <laughs> tickets, please. There was tickets a, here! I got the tickets here! There was yeah. the, a florist. The florist who sold him the very flowers Ooh. he was to leave at the... Yeah. Um, he knows, the he fashion knows the designer come it. into that? Anyway, anyway. Um, I he really just wanted am, a slightly effeminate man. Yeah. Barry is also a florist. Uh, the cinematography in this movie was, like, really good for, like, a lower-budget film. I really enjoyed some of the, like some of the framing and some of the some of like the scene that you were talking about about claire where she's coming down the hallway um the resident evil shot as i like to call it <clears throat> from when she's like just escaping a monster um some of the like really spooky like him in the dark and you don't really see any you don't see a full figure you just see like you just see like you know figures um all of that kind of stuff makes me just want to keep watching none of it was boring you know i saw the runtime as two hours and when i see a two-hour runtime i'm like oh for fuck's sakes is it gonna be is it gonna be two hours of like i want to see what's gonna happen next or is it gonna be the first 25 minutes are like this was interesting then they hit i can't wait till one day jason when you don't look at a runtime and go oh fuck me and just just say okay (laughs) you're right you're right dex durden is here by the way, Dex Durden ha- just dropped Dex! a little truth bomb. Uh, I think John Malkovich made like $2.6 on being John Malkovich because of that multi-part rule. Okay, Dex Durden. That can't so be. I was right! You that can get paid right. for your he multiple parts! This man came in here and said $2.6 billion. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of money. I think he was making fun of you, Kalen. God <laughs> oh, damn it. Um, <laughs> but at the end, of- nice to see you, Dex. It's good to see you back. Please, please come back all the time um we get to a point in this movie where um i'm actually sad to see it end 
quite frankly. I'm glad that there is another movie in the series as a whole, but I almost feel like <clears throat> it's it's a bigger it's a bigger reveal where you have a movie from 2001 or 2, 2002 I think is Unbreakable, and then fast forward to fucking 2016 and then it's revealed in the twist like almost post credits as they're known now. Um, and they were mm. then because it's fucking 2016. The MCU had been on for six years. Um, and it's, oh, boom. Yeah. This After he says sequel. Mr. Glass, it goes. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is like Glass can't comes out three years later. So they just I, it clearly Shyamalan just wanted to like turn Unbreakable into a trilogy instead of <clears throat> him always having this in mind. Anyway, all that said, um, I think he wanted to make a TV show actually at one point. That would be tight. I would watch a TV yeah. show. I want to know about all the other weird heroes in this world because there's clearly more. There's clearly pe- more people with abilities. If it, but all those weird like you know when you're sitting around with your friends and you're like, what would be the worst superpower? This universe it just has a, a guy that is unbreakable and then a bunch super of super hearing, but you can only hear what other people are listening to on their exactly. AirPods. Exactly. Unbreakable, John uh, John Unbreakable has a power. The rest of them are like, I just have split personalities and one of them can go beast mode. I have the power mm. to all my bones are glass. Like that's not... I can break easy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That's not but I have the power of a super intelligence sort of. I'm well a... see that's the thing. He's the he's the he's anyway, go on, I'm sorry. Anyway. He's like a mega manipulator, I think, is that's his deal. True. He's that's like true. yeah. Um also a massive historian. Anyway, and Jason. And you, two. me, Glass, flagpole, three o'clock. I mean, we could do a bonus app where we just watch it all together on Zoom and at the same time press play. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I actually, think... that might be the best way to approach Glass instead think... of doing. I think Sorry. I've covered everything I want to talk about within the review. If you didn't get it, I really like this movie. I give it a 4.2 out of 5. The only reason I would take marks off of it is because other movies exist that are better. And that's... <laughs> I can't I can't articulate... Uh, what's the highest you've rated on this on this show? What's, what's the highest you've rated? I gave Baseball a 5. <laughs> 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 but that's... It's, uh, that's because uh, I loved it. Uh, as a kid, I I think I think four point five is probably the highest I've legitimately ever given a movie. Um, right. There's probably some fives on my on my Instagram movie reviews. Right. Yeah. But like, I usually rate good good upper tier MCU movies, the better ones. I usually give them a four to a four point five because I love them, and I love that medium. Okay. Right. I give I give movies like good movies, four to four point five. This one smack dab in the middle of the four point two. I give movies that four point two five would be in the middle, but that's I'm not nitpicking. <laughs> um, popcorn <laughs> popcorny movies three point five to a four if they're really right. good. You okay. know what I mean? So yeah. I've all, I've also kind of decided to take away the points because I may as well just do it out of ten at that point. But um, for this movie, I did specifically give it a 4.2 because it's not quite a 4 and it's not quite a 4.5. I think if I was going to, if anything, it, um, I can't think of anything bad about this movie. This is a fucking, it's a 5.5 in the Thunderdome. (laughs) Just kidding. It's a 4.2 out of 5 in my opinion. (laughs) Over to you. Well, thank you. Whoever's next. Well, Steven seems to be the next one. Next. All right. 
<clears throat> the movie Split is a fairly decent movie. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it extends the story of a main movie, of a larger movie that came out in uh, 2001, but it doesn't let you know about it until the very end. A very cool idea that made everything I felt to be uncomfortable, ham-fisted, and cheap to be passable only go. after seeing the post-credits scene. But even watching and revisiting those issues still felt earned to me. I still felt them resonate through my watch. I have less problem with the depiction of... Uh, Would you DID say, Steve, it's like a theater actor do, do, uh, DMing a D&D session, I believe you said to me in a private chat? A theater student, <laughs> like a like a theater kid running a D&D &D session. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Switching Where between characters. Private chat? Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, I have less of a problem with the depiction of DID in the movie, something that's made clear to be supernatural and theoretical in the conceit of the movie than I did with the revelation that the main character's trauma was something to do with their childhood that was very disturbing the weak attempt to show the disorder through the um, psychiatry of the film would have potentially been better uh, off using a completely made-up disorder rather than taking an existing one and turning it into something uh, based in science fiction mm. but uh, the chances of someone with actual DID seeing the movie and being offended are much less likely than the chances of someone seeing the representation of childhood abuse on screen uh, being used as a crutch for storytelling, uh, which I kind of felt to be problematic. Uh, that said, the movie itself was thrilling and James McAvoy delivered, as usual, um, which he almost always does, uh, a great performance acting against the other actors convincingly, as well as acting against himself, question mark? Whoa! <laughs> I do think that the reveal of the movie being a comic story continuing the tale of Unbreakable or at the very least extending uh, its universe is good and makes the issues I have easier to brush aside, though I do have little patience for the use of a pervy uncle in movies as a source of trauma. It hits too hard for some people, um, more people than with uh, DID, and it takes away from the fun of the movie, which I think this movie ultimately is. Um, it feels cheap and mean and ultimately unearned, coming across as a shrug in the writer's room. How do we wrap this up? She needs to be traumatized, too. Okay, what's tra what's dramatic? I don't know. Let's go with one thing that everybody will feel like they want to barf in their popcorn bag about. <laughs> All of that said, this movie is good. Uh, it's a compelling and com complex yet somehow simple story that has you guessing uh, what's going to happen next at nearly every corner. Um the, uh, it acts as an interesting and original origin story for a villain in a universe we are familiar with. Um, I think it's good, but I would also say that it's a B-level thriller, something that even M. Night Shyamalan thinks it to be. So I'm going to give it a B-level rating. Its rating is a B, a straight-up B. 19 personalities out of 24 personalities. <laughs> Kaylin, before we go back uh, to you, I just wanted to say that on on Steve's note, I would I would say that <clears throat> Unbreakable feels like a superhero Marvel-y kind of a movie compared to this, which feels like when they make a Joker DC movie. No, 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 not that bad. But more so like the television program Moon Knight. Which basically has nothing to do with the MCU. It's its own thing. Just happens to be published by Marvel. But they keep mentioning, or they not even keep, 
There's a couple small mentions. Actually, a better, a better. Um... I have no idea what this analogy is meant to accomplish. I don't think I agree with anything. Well, I'll let him finish. He's okay, finish. okay, go. Sorry, go, go. Moon Knight's a bad example. <laughs> what I'm talking about is more specifically is the Netflix Mar- Marvel shows. In Jessica Jones, she says that big green guy, and the the suit the the uh, New York incident. And this kind of is that in the Unbreakable universe until that very, <clears throat> that very, very end. When we literally see John Unbreakable be like... Because they don't want to give it away. John Glass. Actually, on that note... For Jimmy the test Glass, ratings, man. For the test screenings of this movie, they kept out that last... They kept out Bruce Willis's thing. Well, then it's just... Yeah. That, they didn't want those people to go blabbing it to their friends. Yeah, yeah exactly. But also then that makes it basically not in this universe uh, besides... Well, see, I'm wondering like car- how I would feel if I didn't see that last scene now when I heard that. Anyway. Right? Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to bring... That was just a thought I had. Kalen, what's your final thought, buddy? Oh, who, me? Yeah, you, brother. Yes, you. M- my final thought? Oh, my God. Well, let's see what I have written down here. Thank you for writing it down. It's like uh, that note that she wrote when she was on drugs. It's all fucking crazy. Say Say his name. name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, you guys spoke to some of the stuff I already wrote. Um, One thing I will say is uh, this... This movie did not have any lulls for me. I I was I was engaged. Why are you laughing? Uh, you just pronounced make... lull as lol yeah. and it, it made us made us laugh. It made me lull. Oh, okay. <laughs> you start your final time. thought with I didn't laugh out loud at this, so Yeah, I uh, never laughed once <laughs> in this horror suspense thriller. Well, so to that point, this movie had a few things within it, right? It, it was a, a a suspense thriller, uh, a little bit of horror, right? A yeah, little it had bit a of beast, comedy. had a Hooters lover. It had everything. Right? It, it did. No, but it did. It had a little bit of everything in just the right, the right amount, the right way. The, it flowed. I was, I was engaged the whole time. There is never a point where I wanted to go look at my phone. Like there's there's movies where sometimes I just I lose interest and I'm like and I don't even want to. Like when I like ideally I want to watch the movie and watch the movie. I wanted to watch this movie like front to back and I still do and I still will anytime I put it in. Um we talked about the acting. Uh I'm just gonna verbally say, you know, hats off to everyone involved. James McAvoy, Anya Taylor-Joy, Jessica Sula, my apologies for mispronunciations if I am, Haley Lou Richardson. Haley Joel Osmond. <laughs> uh, Betty Buckley, uh, Sebastian Archilis, maybe? Izzy you Coffey. the whole credits? <laughs> yeah, the, you the better hit Hooters Lover There's soon only I'm out five of here. Or Hooters people. Lover. I'm not yeah. But they all, they all did very well at their part. Um, and you know what? Hats off to M. Knight for writing and directing, in my opinion, a masterpiece. There is... Wait till we talk about glass. You're going to be calling it a glass piece. 
Hey, hey, don't get me started on glass. I want to talk to you guys about glass, but we'll save that for glass. Um, there is basically no flaw that I can pick out of this movie. The only little nitpick that I can kind of say, sort of, but I might even, they might even try to have done what I thought they should have done is uh, at that one of the, the, the early scene when they're going to the car and you can see the reflection of the camera operator's Come legs. On. Whoa, 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 whoa. They could have made his pants dark gray like Dennis's pants, right? Is an easy thing. And maybe they were, and it just didn't look that way in the reflection of the car. But aside from that, there is nothing that I can personally uh, nitpick or, or you know, call out for this movie as far as a flaw. And it is nothing but... That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, but I, I said it earlier at the top of the episode, and I'll say it again. I have to give James McAvoy all the flowers, all the awards, all the just blow him kisses. Yeah, I'll give him a kiss on the lips. I don't give a fuck. All right, Caleb, we get it. You love his performance. Jesus Christ. Come on. We gotta we gotta get out of here. Yo, wrap that shit up, B. All right. Yeah, he's so, not watching. He could be. <laughs> At he's, some point in the future, never going to see this. He might imagine he was one of our three listeners. Right like he's like, I like the cut of this Kalen guy's jib. He really thinks I'm a like good actor. I'm gonna call he's him up and send him a Christmas card as, uh, as Kevin's 13th uh, personality, which is a, an oil prospector being like, Oh, you see here, that Kalen fellow really like knows what he's talking about. Get along. Me and Orwell would probably get along too. Conversation is my 13th reason. Before I finish my final thoughts. How many personalities do you guys have? Like four, whatever. Honestly? I mean, in a conventional Six. sense, everybody has like a bunch, yeah. Well, I have one, well, I have one that's me. What I'm asking. I don't, uh, that was a joke. That was a series of jokes. I don't claim, I don't have any. I don't have any multiple personalities. I do have different moods, I guess. I do yeah, have different moods and personalities are not the same thing. Exactly. That was like being it... hangry is not a personality. You're not yourself <laughs> when you're sad. hungry. You yeah. become hey, Danny DeVito called... or Joe Pesci. No, no, no. I, I have um, one personality. I don't have any sort of I'm not even bipolar. You know what I mean? Also like... they're identities, they're not personalities, guys. Right. So uh, okay, so I'm going to wrap up my final thoughts. Uh, one thing I'll mention is I don't recall hearing the movie title throughout the movie, but at the same time, I found myself getting immersed in the movie so much that I forgot that, like, yeah. I forgot to take notes sometimes. Me too. I forgot about oh, that. There's a moment thing. where the dad, where the dad character, he gets up after getting hit in the head and he goes, I got a splitting headache. <laughs> I will I'll count that. I'll Did say something about this. I'll say something about the title of this movie. I had to. Uh, there's not on any streaming service that I could find, so I had to use alternative means. And when I searched it up, it's on Netflix. It's also in my hand. It's not on Netflix. 
That's where I watched it. Oh, fuck. I stole it by accident. <laughs> I stole... I just want a pirate. I just want a pirate. I just... I'll steal it. Yarr. Um, but looking it up, uh, when you type the word split into a, a, a search engine, um, you're going to get 99% pornography because of the title split scene. I have a parental control on, so I didn't actually look at <laughs> nudies. No, I had to, I had to filter. Um... It's because of split scenes, because there's sometimes there's more than one scene in a pornographic film. Yeah, I love the old split roast. Nope, that's not. <laughs> I don't know what that even would be. <laughs> We're gonna spend the next hour talking about it. Welcome. So, to... so, so for everything that this movie is for Kaylin and Jason, one thing <laughs> that it was for me was comforting. Um, to to take away all of the ex- extraordinary or whatever the out of reality aspects of it the uh so i mentioned earlier about as shitty as it is like i would never want anyone to ever go through hardships but good can come from hardships that's true so uh for kaylin and jason i'm jason and the other thing I wanted to say... Oh, God. Now you're trolling. Now you're yeah, trolling. I thought no, Kayla was going to be like, I find this movie comforting because if everything goes horribly wrong, I can live underneath a zoo. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, so this ties in with my own personal shit, right? So I was super angry with life and the, the cards it dealt me when I was young. But because of the cards I got dealt... I grew to be who I was and I wouldn't be who I am if that shit didn't happen. And in the moment I hated it, but right now in my life, I still hate it, but I appreciate it for what it helped me to become. Thank you for sharing that with us. I appreciate that. So, um, what else did I write here? Uh, la, 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 Okay, so... Thank you guys for throwing me off my groove. Um, I give this movie a... Hanging out with all my personalities and agreeing, uh, for once on the same thing. Also, I give this movie... A, a new thing I'm gonna add to, to my thing is I give this movie a buy. This is a buy. This is... I think you should have this in your collection. Actually, that's uh, you know what? Do that. Do that more. Do that thing more. I like that. I I just started it. I'm. It's now going to be a part of my thing. Awesome. It's either a buy, a watch, or a pass. This is a buy, and not that it really matters, but NPAA fifty thousand six hundred eleven. <laughs> awesome. And on that movies. note, for Jason and Steven... I'm Kellen. For Kaylin and Steven, I am Jason. For Jason and Kaylin, I'm Steven. Hey, did you see this one? And we just gotta ask. I just said mine. Hey, did you, hey, did you see this one? <laughs> you just said yours. Hey, did you see this one? Did you see this one? Play hmm? hmm? <clears> that. Boom. Oh, yeah. See this one.
I got a question for yeah. you. The music's playing us out right now. I did. Everybody. I got a question Adel for beans. you guys. Do you, what yeah. does the M and M Night Shyamalan even stand for? Michael. It yeah, I think not, it is Michael. It does not stand for Michael. Imagine if it did. Michael Knight Shyamalan. That's pretty tight. Yep, actually. that I is like his that. name. His what? name is Michael Knight Shyamalan. Yeah. Is it? I just joked. Yep. No, is he's really? like born in fucking philadelphia yeah no i didn't mean it in that way i didn't mean it like oh caitlin did you think it was muhammad muhammad no Shyamalan. are we still recording right now can oh, they absolutely. hear us <laughs> absolutely this is live <laughs> you <laughs> fucking racist <laughs>